The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. Welcome to the latest edition of the SWM podcast. I am your host, Billy, as always, and I am joined by a guest that uh, who was on my uh, wanted guest list. I said wanted list to Joe Hendry, and it made you sound creepy, so I'm trying to rein it back a little bit. I am joined by the lost boy himself, Aspen Faith. Welcome. Hello. Um, thank you for being on. Uh, like I said before, we, we actually hit record. Um, I think you're one. You're due to be one of my first interviews ever. I like back in 20, 2014, actually, I've got down mm-hmm. here. I was supposed to interview yourself and uh, Katie Kane. Yes. And it never happened uh, because either you're busy or I did not have the technology to work out how to do it. Uh, now it's 2021. I still don't know what I'm doing. and I barely have the technology to do it. But we're here. We're, we're in. Um, first question, it's always the same. You've already answered it today, so you probably know the answer. How did you get into pro wrestling? What what got you hooked? Um, the when I first started watching properly, it was like ninety nine two thousand, um, with like uh, WCW Worldwide on Channel Five, Heat Heat on Channel Four, pay per views every now and then on Channel Four. Uh, I didn't have Sky. My grandma had Sky, so she taped Smackdown at 9am in the morning on Sky 1 on a VHS and gave it to me when, whenever I saw her. And then WCW went on to Bravo and then she did the same with that. But before that, like um, year, like years before that, I was I must have been at my cousin's or something and I saw they had, there was wrestling on the telly um, I wasn't watching it we were doing whatever else. But all I remember I didn't know at the time but now I know that was mankind, but like like brown mankind, yeah. like ripping his hair out his head, um, and that image was just in my head for years. <laughs> I didn't know what it was, but then obviously I found out later on what it was. And but yeah, just around that sort of time, like two thousand, was when I was like super into it. Uh, so sort of then until WCW got bought over, I was like like super super into it and then I drifted off for a little bit but then came back into it but yeah pretty much around that sort of time so pretty much we started watching at the same time great that means I've got kind of a remit of what you're watching at the time uh worldwide was amazing mainly just because of its Batman graphics yeah that and the uh quite obviously the commentators are not in the building and (laughs) they're just they don't care they're just saying whatever they've that was yeah I love that show that should be on the network. Uh, absolutely, I, I would be. Like I said, just just for that alone, it was at, at the time. Well, I would have been like nine or ten, and I found it just the best thing ever. But if I could watched it back now, I'd be like, "Oh, this is just a car crash of oh yeah, a beautiful." I've proportion. still got some of some of the episodes on a VHS somewhere at my mum's house, um, and I imagine it's phenomenal. Oh, absolutely! Uh, things like uh, Heat, yeah, uh, Channel Four. Of course, being many people's first glimpse of of uh, a woman's breast. Unfortunately, it was me young. Uh, so, yeah. 
It was a, it was a learning curve for Channel Four and for for everyone involved. So, how did you go from watching it to pursuing training? Um, I wanted to go to training like years before I did. Um, I was maybe 16, 17 and I wanted to go. But everywhere I, everywhere I Googled was like Glasgow or like down Kirkcaldy, like W3L and sort of stuff. And I was like, there's absolutely nay, like nay one going down there. Because uh, I was 16 and I was like, my mom's not going to be go down there every week. And I certainly don't have money. So I decided that I was going to finish school, do college, and then go, thinking that I'll be older then, I'll have money, and I can move away down there. And then I'm in the middle of, I've, I've finished school, I've started college, I did like visual communication, which is like graphic design and stuff, which turns out that was a help. Um, but then I then I find out that now WrestleZone have started in Aberdeen. <laughs> and I'm like, but but I'm doing the, the college thing now. Oh. So I just I kept I just kept on in the college and then by the time I started training, I was twenty. Uh yeah, January two thousand eleven. So twenty coming up on twenty one. Um so, what was here like WrestleZone was kind of like their training school at the time it was kind of hidden you didn't know where it was you had to kind of know a guy well that's the thing like I had no idea about it right and then when I found out it was still one of those ones where it's like until they know that you're coming to training they're not going to tell you even the address it's not on Google there's nowhere so I'm like well I want to go but I don't know where it is and then come find out I'm in Maastricht and it's in Northfield. I'm literally, I could walk five minutes and it's there. And I'm like, is this a joke? <laughs> How long has this been here? So, yeah. So the other boring questions we ask about, about this generally for training is uh, what were what was it like on that first day? Was, was it uh, was it mats? Was it a ring? Was it cardio? What, what was your first impressions? Um, the first time I was there, it was just to watch to see like how things were like running stuff um so i walked from my house to this it was like a scout hut like a scout hall in northfield uh, and i was like cool cool go inside there's, there's no ring there obviously and i'm like the fuck oh i swear sorry so like ex explicit the explicit episode now so what the bleep <laughs> um but yeah, because obviously I'm ex I, I don't know what I'm doing, so I'm expecting there's going to be a ring or whatever, but there's not. It was just a scout hut, wooden floor with, like, gym mats. Oh, cool. I, 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 I always remember, like, Sim watching, and the, the only thing I remember from that session, obviously they were doing whatever they were doing, but all I remember is just watching Zach Dynamite the whole time, being like, this guy's amazing. <laughs> Right, and I don't know. That's just why, like, at the I focused on him because everything he was doing looked amazing. Um, and what else? I started the next week myself. Um, and there was, I think there was four of us the first day, and then 
like a couple of weeks later, there was just like two of us. And then the other guy that I was training with, we'd been, by the time we were like putting matches together and stuff, he was kind of like my manager. And then he left, never came back. And I was just the only one left from my class. Um, but the first day was just, I don't remember exactly what we did, but I just remember it was cool. Like where I'm in this place and there's people around me wrestling and Scotty Swift showing me how to back bump and, you know. It's cool. I felt it's kind of like underground secret because there's so much mystery to actually find the place in the first place. Yeah. And you're part of this little like floating club, uh, I suppose. So fast forward to your first match. Uh, I'm not saying that you're to blame for all this lockdown, but pretty much the day before you revealed this shocking piece of information, everyone was sent home and lockdown was in effect. So the 20th of March 2020, you revealed that you were the first super executioner. Yes. It was only a one-match deal. Um, That was Christmas Chaos 2011. There was a battle royal. Um, and I just remember they were like, right, we're going to put you in this battle royal, give you a little bit of, you know, give you a little bit of a, an experience in front of a crowd, and we'll go from there. And I was like, cool. Um, and I turned up, and I was handed Mr. Miles' old gear, which was like a red and black singlet. Uh, there was also red and black like pleather trousers, but because he's quite a short man, they only came up to my calves, and I was like, I'm not doing that. So I had a red and black singlet, and then I, I had a mask given to me. I, I'm not sure, but I, from what I remember, I think Miles' mom made the mask. And it was like, it wasn't even a wrestling mask. It was just like, you know, one of the... Uh, like the morph suit heads. It was like right, a black okay. morph suit head with like a crudely stitched on like Kendo Nagasaki design. And I was like, cool. So I put that on and they're like, yeah, we need a name for you. And they were just, I was just, they were just going to call me the executioner for the night. And the reason it became super executioner is because we'd been watching a lot of Power Uti. Um, and have you seen the match with him and Luke Gallows? I have seen the intro to it. I don't so he has a match. So yeah, so Power he has a feud with with, with uh, Luke Gallows and Domino, but he he built them as Super Festus and Super Domino. So I was Super Executioner. Um, and I, I go out this battle royal. And literally, like, literally all that happens in this battle, I go in, I maybe I hit someone, Crusher chops me a bunch of times. I get thrown out. As I'm getting thrown out by my head, the mask turns around, I land on the floor, I can't see anymore, and then I stumble through the curtain to the back. And I'm just, they were like, how'd you find that? And I was like, I'm never wearing this mask again. And then, yeah, that was, that was, the, the birth of the super executioner. Uh, definitely one of my favourites. Oh, I also cool. remember, I just remember this. The mask had a wee hole in the back for my ponytail to come out. 
So a very uh, Lady Deadpool kind of kind of mask then you got you got going That's on good. there. Um, I don't think there's any footage of that song. I'm quite glad. Oh, I'm, I'm sure that once this goes out, maybe someone will find uh, maybe. some footage. Maybe we can only only hope. Uh, so about a couple months later, then you had your actual debut uh, yeah. with with Chris Archer at Cloverleaf. Yes. Um, was it were you hip order at this point? No, don't think so. So it was just Aspen Faith. I think it was just Aspen Faith. I think Hippie Horror came not long after. Maybe a second match. My second match was the match that I wrote a list of maybe 10 names and handed it to the ring announcer. And was like, that's my nicknames. And they read it all out. But (laughs) I think it was just Aspen Faith, the first first show. I think. Do you remember Uh, any other names on that list then? Um, uh, the solar powered superstar. Um, the the Woodstock Wraith, Aspen Faith. Nice. Uh, that's all I can remember. I, th- I think the last one on that list was the Hippie Horror, so that's where you know. Um, but yeah, no, I think the first match was just Aspen Faith versus Chris Archer. So what was that like then? So, I mean, last time Super Execution, he came in, had a very weird get mask and was thrown yep. out and that was it. But this time you're actually, people could see your face. And yep. I don't know what WrestleZone was like back in, I mean, I started watching 2013. So 2012, I assume it still had its regulars that are always oh, there yeah. now. Same and Same they, could, they could be fairly brutal. Uh, you got to press them early, uh, so to speak. What was it like just having your face on show and, and having your first match in front of a crowd? Um, to be honest, fine. Like I, I don't remember being like nervous or anything for my first match. Like the the only times I really get nervous for a match is I get nervous about the opponent. Like it doesn't bother me being in front of the crowd. It doesn't bother me how much people's there or like, like when we did the hydro, that was fine. But when I'd been like wrestling less than a year and I wrestled no under in West Hill, I was. I was, I was just beside myself. I couldn't handle it, and yeah, it's more opponents that freak me out. And because I've been training with Archer for months, like a year, well, a year by the time that, by the time that match happened, like I was, I was fine with that aspect of it. I just remember I was obviously I was a heel, which I was a heel. He was a face. I think he'd had two matches at that time, and I'd had none. So it was like, it was just like, there you go. You just go have your have your match. And I'm like, we have no idea what we're doing, but sure, let's go have a match. And all I remember of that match, I still got the, the, the match somewhere on a hard drive, but like, I just beat the crap out of him. Like, I just clearly didn't know that it wasn't, it wasn't real at this point. I just beat the crap out of him. All I remember from that match is beating the crap out of him. And I remember coming out as the heel. It's my first ever show. I'm like, right, I'm the heel. I've got to come out and I've got to give the crowd crap. And I walk through the curtain and I'm ready to give the crowd something. And you've, have you been in the Cloverleaf Hotel? No, this is why the it's team t- is to get it. It's tiny. It's like the size of my living room, right? It's tiny. 
the roof's low, so the, the ring's on the low setting. And the crowd are honestly like maybe that away from the ring. So you can see everyone. But I just remember walking out and I'm like ready to give people crap because I'm a bad guy. And I just look over at like my grandma and my mom are starting to be like, yay! I'm like, no, I'm a baddie. That's all I remember. <laughs> and then yeah, we had this match. I beat the crap out of them, came back, and I was just like, cool, I'm a wrestler. I wasn't. I definitely wasn't. Uh, when you had the match with Noam Dar, were you any closer to, to thinking you are a wrestler at that point? Or Oh, I thought I was a wrestler from day one. I know no, I wasn't. The, the match with Noam was, was odd because I was like, I was, I'd just come off, I'd not, I'd got, I'd been really like ridiculously sick and I, I'd just come off being sick and I'd turned up to that show because I was like, well, I'm not missing this match. But I was also super nervous because it was Noam. And I'd only been wrestling like 10 months or something. Um, and I had no voice, like literally no voice. Like I could speak in whispers, but that was it. And it was just, the match wasn't, I, me personally, I think the match was terrible because I just messed up stuff. And I'm, I'm trying to share with the crowd, but I'm like, oh, what? It was bad. Um, but like looking back on it now, I think it obviously it it probably helped me in the long run having a match that I was so like worked up about not go very well to the point where like now I'm just like just chill out and it'll be fine. Like you can do this, it's fine. Um but yeah, that was that was a weird match. Um, I think I think a lot of one thing I could say about yourself is you seem like the most laid-back person ever in wrestling, um, whether that is the case behind the curtain or, or what have you. But you're speaking about nerves when you're coming against the opponent. The first time I saw you wrestle was Abdi Anarchy 2013, uh, where you teamed up with uh, Scott Maverick, James Midas, take on the Hot Shots and just just hacksaw Jim Duggan. Uh, Jim Duggan? <laughs> was that one that you're like, oh my god, I'm going in with um, it, Before it had happened, yeah, um, or well, before like the day of the show, yes. Um, again, I wasn't really bothered. Like, I was bothered, but I wasn't like nervous about the size of the crowd or anything. Obviously, at that point, I'd maybe wrestled at most in front of a couple hundred people at Northern or something, but I wasn't too worried about the crowd size. It, it was worried about wrestling Jim Duggan because he's Jim Duggan but then I got there and he's like he's just everybody's granda and you're like oh that's okay it's Jim everyone was calling him Uncle Jim I remember that uh, he was Uncle Jim for the weekend and he I mean all, all I did in that match with him anyway was we locked up at the beginning and he wrote he set me off gave me a clothesline. Later on, he gave me a punch and then he gave me his finish. So, oh yeah. <laughs> By that point, I wasn't nervous anymore because I knew I was like, yeah, okay. I just need to take three things and we'll be okay. Uh, very, very sweaty, man. <laughs> I do. I remember, yeah, when I met him, it was like, it was that case. He was, he was just so nice. And this is the, would be the first wrestler yeah. I ever met that wasn't like, 
a local guy. No, second. Mm. I, I met a bunch of Perth, but that's a, a mere story. But uh, I met him, and uh, it was, he was so nice, but I was so starstruck. He ended up signing my WWF tag title. He never won it, but he asked yeah. if he could, and I was just like, "Yeah, yeah." No, he was he was lovely, but yeah, uh, I just the main thing that I took from that match was when we locked up at the beginning, and he's a good foot and a half taller than me, and at the time he was like probably twice as wide as me because I was a real super skinny boy at the time. But when we locked up, just the force of his body coming at me, I couldn't keep him there with the lockup, so I just got hairy, sweaty chest just straight in my face. And then, for some reason, I switched the lockup on him on the ropes as if I was stronger than him. And then I tried to punch him in the gut and I punched him in the balls. Uh, but yeah, I think the thing I was most worried about that night, that was the first night I ever wore trunks and I was very self-conscious because I had my legs out and I was so... Yeah. Just, just, just a couple, just a thousand, eleven hundred people uh, seeing you, your legs for the first time. I know. To worry about. <laughs> so right by that time, then um, when I was doing my, my research, because I do that now for these things, uh, you're kind of just starting to form a tag team with James Midas. You, you, dump, you were in a, uh, you replaced Benjamin Steele of the Hollywood Drop Blondes. Which is, also a, which is also a replacement team. If we really think about it, if we go all the way back, it started off with Steel Lions. Benjamin Steel and Johnny Lions. Right. And then Johnny Lions got replaced and then it became the Hollywood Blondes. And then I replaced Benjamin Steel. So really, Team Smash was the third installment of Steel Lions. So, uh, I mean, six degrees separation, you could say, you kind of, well, you team the Johnny Lions later on, which we'll get to. Yeah, so uh, As well. Which, for a match, which I'm very excited to speak about because it sounded so painful. Um, so, oh, you had that. Okay, team yeah, Smash yeah. was formed. Yeah. You, you had the titles. So, Team Smash was superior moves and submission holds. Who came up with the the wording for that? Um, I Think it was, I think it was me that had the uh, the like the final like wording on it, but we'd been trying to come up with a name for ages because um, we weren't a team at the ballroom. And then after I think it was Ellen, like the show after that, we we became a team, and we were like between that show and that show, we had to come up with a name, and it was it was that was stressful. Um, but I think we had a few different ones that had like it was like words that stood for something um i think smash was just the best one i I wanted to just be smash but i think the the rest of guys wanted it to be team smash because they thought that sounded better so we went with that i think it was it was in that period where you had things like team hell no and uh, team road scholars and all that kind of stuff yeah so i think that's why they wanted they wanted it to be Team Smash. I I wanted it to just be Smash, which is why our gear just said Smash, and why our T-shirt just said Smash. I was just being a rebel. Uh, and then you won the titles, which you yeah. lost to Scotty Swift and Jay Lethal. Yes. Again, another opponent. We're like, it's, it's Jay Lethal. I know. 
I was that that one I was crapping myself. It was because uh, yeah, it was Jay Lethal, but he was lovely. Honestly, one of the nicest people I've ever met in wrestling. Um, and he was like super. Uh, he was like super up for doing things. Like he seemed really excited about the match, and I was like, "Why are you excited?" Like. <laughs> I'm the one that should be, you know what I mean? Like, why are you excited? But he was. Um, again, every match I've got, every match you're bringing up, there's always something in it that I just remember and it's just stupid. Uh, my finisher at the time was the knee trembler, like Regal's knee trembler. And Lethal asked me backstage what my finish was and I told him. And he was like, okay, cool. And then, but when we got into the ring, Something happened and there was like a miscommunication. I think Lethal had went for a dive and Midas wasn't quite there or something. I can't remember where it was, but when he gets back in the ring, I I take over on him and he calls to me to do my finish, but I don't think he remembered the name for it. And he was like, hit me with the REM buckler. And I was like, all right. <laughs> And I hit him with the knee, obviously. But in my head, my finisher was called the Ram Buckler from then on. But I never once used that. I mean, that Because in well. my head, I was like, the Ram Buckler, it's such a strong knee that it can buckle a Ram. But, <laughs> but then no one would have got where it came from. It just, yeah. I mean, it would have worked with the whole Aberdeen thing as well, you know, with the, yeah. with the sheep and whatnot. Maybe, maybe, but... I can, maybe I can call something else the Ram Buckler, you know, going forward. Maybe, I mean, we have, we have our, I mean, I don't know if you'll stay our past episodes, but we do have a, a question involving rams or sheep in general, which we'll get to in, in the future, and soon, uh, okay. towards the end, but... Um, uh, but no, yeah, Jay, Jay Lethal was really nice. Um, I, I didn't see him again for, obviously, years, because he's from America, but he worked at Discovery, uh, like, years later, and I just, I remember going up to him, thinking, he's not going to remember who I am at all, but he turned around and he was like, hey, Aspen, how's it going? And then he gave me a free T-shirt of his and stuff and he took me to light and I was like, oh, that's nice. That's nice. But yeah, he was really nice. That's always amazing when that happens. Uh, the, the one that, that sticks in my mind is, uh, is I met Drew, Drew uh, Galloway at the time, met yeah. him at a rock and wrestle show and then I met him like the year after and he treated me like he, I mean, he probably didn't. He was probably just really nice. But he, like, went, oh, how's it going? Oh, I haven't seen you in a while. And I was like, Ah, oh, you. Yeah. You're so nice. Um, right, so after that, you ended up, I think, if the timeline is correct, you end up in the probably the feud that possibly, I don't know, catapulted you in, in WrestleZone a bit was with Len. Yes. Uh, Len Ironside. Uh, You're going to ask me how that came about? I have no idea. Well, I mean, I was going to ask about the, the how it felt when you smacked him with the bell and I think most of them are in the hotel wanted to kill you in one night. So the I never I've never I never hit him with the bell. Is it the stool you hit him with? So the first because we feared for two years. So the first year he was in the ring and I came out. No the first year he was at the uh, Cloverleaf Hotel doing a raffle and on the microphone he said something about he was talking about like the the, the guys in, in, on the show that he's enjoyed watching he enjoyed watching me but I cheated in the match so that's not very nice or whatever um, and then at the 
the Rom was it the Rommel? Or was it the Battle of Nations? It was at Northern Hotel anyway. Um, I came out and challenged him to a match because he was old and small. And I gave him a, I gave him a forearm or an elbow there. And if you watch the clip on YouTube, I give him the elbow. And then before I could even do anything, I just look out the corner of my eye and Martin Clunas is spearing me to the floor. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, whoa. And I thought he was going to wait a second. But no, it was just like hit land, turn. Oh, God, here's Martin. Down I go. Um, so that was I just hit on my forearm there. And then we did some promos. And we had the World of Sport Rules match with Marty Jones. Uh, then, yeah, let's say about that. <laughs> the bear. <laughs> uh, I will say this. This is the only thing I'm going to say about Marty Jones. We backstage at the ballroom, we had catering. There's all this like stuff laid out, like there's like sausage rolls and and all this sort of stuff. And he's walking past it, and he picks up something, and he goes. What the F is this S? And I was like, a cheese sandwich. And he went, didn't have that in my day. And he threw the cheese sandwich down and walked away. And I was just like, does he mean he didn't have catering? Or does he mean he never had cheese sandwiches? Like, when did they invent sandwiches? And I was just thinking about that the rest of the day. Um, we did that. I cheated to win. That's when I started calling myself the King of Catch. Because I beat a catch wrestler, whatever. Uh, which at the time, it was just like a joke name because I wasn't doing any catch wrestling. I was just doing normal wrestling, but I was the king of catch or whatever. Eventually, I started doing more of that stuff, so it made sense. But what I think what you're talking about is the year after. At the yeah. Rumble. You're, Len when, in, were you speaking about it? I'm like, no, wait, that was when Len was entered into the Rumble. Len was, was entered into the Rumble. I'd been eliminated just before he came out and I hit him in the back of the head with a stool um, which which I'd been carrying around since the previous ballroom because it was a stool I was sitting on in the corner of the ring between rounds um, hit him in the back of the head with a stool stole his belt uh, it was the British Empire middleweight title stole that belt and then until the next ballroom, I had the belt. I called myself the British Empire middleweight champion. I had a stool that now had Len's face on it. So that when I got in the ring and I was waiting for my opponent, I could sit on Len's face. And then it leads up to the match that you were talking about at the ballroom. Uh, back to the world sport one for a second. Uh, yes. I, was, I was front row for that. Uh, it was a while the time because I feel incredibly awkward being front row, which shows because um, mainly everyone I've been at since Looking Sharps ended up sitting on me and yeah. all right with that. that if I, if I was at the ballroom as a fan, I'm, I'm going on the balcony. Easy. Oh, balcony's the best. Yeah, absolutely the best view. Um, yep. the, the episode that'll come out like two before this is I've got Kyle uh, on it and we, we spent a good amount of time speaking about the balcony. Uh, and, I always think that when you're sitting on the balcony and you look down, it looks like an early 2000s Ring of Honor show. Yeah, it's just you know what I mean with the yeah. black the black guards and the black canvas and stuff. Yeah, 
best, absolutely best. best. But I really liked about the World of Sport match was uh, you, you saw Len one side uh, drinking water between rounds, and then you were just in the corner drinking Red Bull, and and that just yeah, just yeah. as cool as you like. I, that was a uh, that was a bad time. I was I, then for like the next long time. I was very very addicted to caffeine. Um, I've stopped drinking energy drinks now because it was it was doing bad things to me. But yeah, I just did that because I was like, of course I would drink more like Red Bull. It gives me more energy between rounds. What are you on about? Um, but between each round, if you watch it back, um, during like the breaks between rounds, I. I'm either drinking Red Bull or I'm speaking to Denzel and then he is walking over to the other corner and that is just because every time I noticed Marty try to call stuff to Len to do in the next round and I was like, Denzel, go tell Len to ignore Marty, please. And then he'd go over and he'd be like, this is what this next round is, don't worry about this. And Marty was just increasingly annoyed um, there was a lot of things that he got very annoyed about in the match, I could t- I'll tell you off the record after this but uh, suffice to say that I came through the curtain and waited to shake hands with him and say you know thank you for being involved in this and he came through the curtain said I shouldn't have been broken out of the business and shoulder tackled me out of the way to get downstairs so good times I mean it must be a weird day for him he's just seen the invention of cheese sandwiches and then uh, so, so well, that's forward. the least. That's the least of the weird stuff that he did that day. I'll, I'll tell you after we're off. I I can't wait, and uh, apologise to anyone that will be hoping to hear that. Um, so yeah, we'll speak about the match then that, that led yeah. to the kind of blow off, the final match of of Len Ironside. You're teaming with Johnny Lyons to take on the team of Len and Hardcore Holly. Yeah. When. When did you find out that was happening? And because um, of course it would have happened before it was announced. I'm, I'm hoping. Yeah. They, well, no, I found out after it was already announced. Um, he was announced for the show. We, I knew me and Len were doing something. I knew we were going to have a tag match, but I didn't know what it was going to be um, until we did a show in West Hill. It was the one where Sammy debuted. Um, and that was the one where they would announce the tag partners in the match so I was told before that so like I did a promo about like how we're going to do a tag match now or whatever but yeah I found that out and I was like that's pretty cool like I remember like Harker Holly was on one of the first like WWF shows I watched and stuff so that was pretty cool and then I think he wrestled Renfrew somewhere and I saw clips of it and I was like, I'm going to die. I'm actually going to die. It wasn't. I, I didn't die. So, I don't know. I mean, uh, if I remember rightly from an early interview, uh, Johnny almost, uh, well, he got chopped in the throat. Am I right? I got chopped in the throat. You got chopped in the throat. Someone got chopped in the throat. So, <laughs> so are we, we're not keeping kayfabe on this, clearly. because No, clearly not. No. Anyway. So we're talking about the match, and I jokingly said, uh, as like a rib on Johnny Lyons, I was like, you know what would be funny? 
I was like, what if you chopped him like 10 plus times and then I come in and I'm like, are you leave him alone? And you chop me once. As a joke, as a rib on Johnny. And Bob was like, yeah, that's a great idea. And I was like, oh, oh, sorry. So we <laughs> it ended up getting changed to he'd be chopping in the corner and then I'd walk down the apron and be like, leave him alone and he'd chop me. So I'm watching and I think he chopped, I think he chopped Johnny like 14 times or something. And I start walking in the apron and I'm like, are you? Leave my tag team partner and he goes to chop me. And me being like three years at wrestling and, you know, early 20s, I'm, I'm going to do, I'm going to do a great bump off this. I'm going to take a chop, I'm going to bump on the apron and fall to the floor. So I come in and I decide I'm going to try and take a nice big bump off it, but I go slightly too early. So I'm already just like half like this. So instead of chopping me in the chest, he chops me in the throat and up my chin, which then makes me spin even faster. Then I land on my head on the apron and fall to the floor. <laughs> I was just like, oh. it started off as a rib to get Johnny chopped up, and I just died after one chop. It's, yeah. it's one of those moments where it's like, my karma has hit me very quickly with this. Yeah. <laughs> um, the finish of that match was, was cool as well, I thought. We went and did a crossbody. Of course, yeah. Because we were trying, we were trying for months. Because Len, Glenn would just come to training and practice stuff. Because he really, other than the match we had the previous year, he hadn't wrestled since like ninety two, ninety three, which is mental. But so we're trying to figure out what we're going to do for the finish. And Len, he wanted to do. He was insistent for ages. He was going to do either a rock bottom or a stunner. And I was like, that would be great. But have you ever done a high flying move? And he was like, no. He was like, have you ever come off the ropes? And he was like, no. I was like, you're coming off the ropes. <laughs> so, so we went, we practiced for ages. And eventually it was like, okay, you can do a crossbody off the second. Because I guarantee that'll get a great, like a stunner would get a good reaction as well. But if you watch the match back, I'm selling and Len's slowly climbing the, the first rope and he climbs the second. The crowd like, oh. And then he hits it. The little, like, tiny little boop, little crossbody, <laughs> and the crowd just goes mental. And I was like, Yeah, that was that was the perfect finish for that. Yeah, I, 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 if, if, if he was just doing training, yeah, that blows my mind because, yeah, the world sport match, I couldn't believe how smooth Len was. Well, he, like, as I say, he had his last match, I think it was 93, and then that was what 2014. Something like uh, that. Yeah, it would have been. 2014. <clears throat> so he, he'd been at, if the ballroom was in <clears throat> May, June that year, he'd, he'd have been coming to training like every week for like the maybe two, three months prior to the match, just trying to get back into things. Obviously, there was, there was stuff in it that wasn't as smooth as it could be for, like, for both of us, but I think it didn't really matter. Because it was just a story match, you know what I mean? Like, all you needed was Len hits me a few times and I, I cheat to win and, you know, people are up in arms. And that's what we got. But it does the thing with WrestleZone in general. WrestleZone, on the most part, is 90% of the time story matches. The wrestling doesn't have to be pretty, but if the story works, then you'll yeah. have them back the next month easily. Yeah, definitely. 
Uh, right, so we're still we're still in WrestleZone, uh, but we'll we'll start kind of moving about a bit. Um, Sorry, right. I've got I've got all evening. I'm not I'm not trying to rush off to watch Eurovision like you are. <laughs> I'm not gonna rush off and watch it because they do that really stupid. I hate the halftime show, so I can just catch up on that on it while the halftime show's on. Then I get to sit and call the voting because it's it's all political. That's yeah. I've, I've got all the time in the world. Sammy's out. So I've got all the time in the world. Um, I think my, my mouth will appreciate it if, if I'm here for a long time. She doesn't have to watch it. Uh, so so 2015 comes around and you make your debut for ICW uh, Space Boss event. Yes. Uh, against Solar, wasn't it? Yeah. So again, from previous uh, interviews I've heard, you're, you're pretty much going down there quite regularly at that point, And this is you actually yeah, had a match. I've been, been going down... I've been going and training with Damo uh, for a while. When we, when he wrestled Crusher at WrestleZone, like that was the first time I'd met him. And I, you know, I asked him to watch my match and then I sent him some of my other matches. And eventually I ended up going down and training there with him. But then while I was down there, sometimes it would be maybe, maybe we're down there for the weekend. So I would just go to the ICW show and, you know, help out or whatever. Like, I did that a few times and then eventually I was in work and I got a message and it was like, are you free on this day for this show to wrestle solar? And I was like, that is in six days. <laughs> I was like, oh God. So that was, that, that one freaked me out a bit because I was like, six days, solar's a big high flying boy. I'm fat. <sighs> So yeah, that was very last minute, but yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, how was it going in front of an ICW crowd? Because of course you would have been used to. We did so. I think you were sourced a little bit beforehand, of course, doing training. So you were in mm. front of friends and family, with family friendly shows, uh, want to see stories. Whereas you come to Spaceballs and it's not that. So no. how was it like going in front of a ICW crowd um, for the first time? It was it was weird because like I only worked th space boss three times and that was it um, and then I, I didn't work for them for a year two years after that um, but I never got it I never once got an entrance I never got music you know I was currently in the ring asking faith um, that was that was my nickname then currently in the ring asking faith but. Um, like uh, the crowd was, the crowd was fine. I, it, it it blew my mind a little bit that there was people in the crowd who knew who I was already. Because in my head, I was like, I'm just a guy who's been wrestling like three years up in Aberdeen, and why do you know who I am? And then the other half of the crowd was giving me the classic, you know, Aberdeen chants, like the the sheep shagging, you know, whatever. Um, but no, I, I enjoyed it. I think the match was pretty decent as well for what it was. And then I did, I did the next one against Saqib, and then I did one against Lewis, and then Spaceballs got cancelled. Uh, oh no, there was one Spaceballs show after that. I can't. I don't know who I was. Met. I was originally booked for it, but I don't know who it was against. But then I was didn't end up on the show, and they had like 
Matt Cross and Tommaso Ciampa and stuff on it. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, I see what happened. So, yeah. But then I, I wasn't there for a couple of years after that. Um, that's that's the weird thing when it comes to like WrestleZone. I mean, of course, I I know who you, all you guys are because I'm up in this part of the world anyway, part of mm. the country. But uh, it, when I was again speaking to Kyle, so he, he's kind of my oracle for this because of course he travelled up and down uh, to the shows, and it's so weird that it's only what a couple hours away from Glasgow, and yet mm. the northeast, anyone in the northeast that wrestles doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. Don't know who they are. Um, but if, if you don't wrestle in the central belt, then you're not a wrestler. <laughs> so it's it's so weird um, that kind of divide. Hopefully, when things start up again, that'll be different. But yeah, I mean, I think there's obviously certain people that have become sort of regulars other places, but it's just I think it's just the Aberdeen is it's 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 a city. This is like. Lewis always used to say it's a city that's in the middle of nowhere. So it's like within the city, if you live in that city or around the city, you know who all the wrestlers are there. You just do. But as soon as you go out, because it's in the middle of nowhere, there's just like this, these fields of nothingness that everyone just disappears halfway through that field. <laughs> and now we're in Glasgow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the same sort of time as that, I started doing Discovery as well, I think. I think I just I did Discovery the day before I did Space Balls, so that, like, I debuted both of them the same weekend. Um, so I don't know if there was maybe people at this Discovery show that were also at the ICW show. That, I don't know. But it was weird to me that, some, that there was people in the crowd who knew who I was, like, as soon as I walked out, before I'd even been announced. But I, I, I do like that when, when you see the... the... Twitter and all that kind of stuff going, oh, this this guy was amazing that night. And I'm sitting there just going, I has been for the last at least the last two years. You yeah. just don't know it. <laughs> so um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, Discovery, of course, where you, you kind of you were a regular, you have, have been a regular there since uh since you made your debut there. I think it was was it one of the disco uh four-way dances? Yeah, I think it was their was it their second show? Uh, the first show was the, the first show was like the really big one. Where I was there, but I was just, I was, I was, I was on hard camera, which isn't really a job because it's a camera on a tripod, but I was standing next to a camera on a tripod all night. Um, I think it was their second show. It was me, Lou King Sharp. Danny Boy. Me, Lou King Sharp, Danny Boy Rogers, and then... Martin Stallion with Debbie Sharp. Um, that was when she was wearing like the horse riding gear, and obviously she was with Stallion, who was her horse. <laughs> Don't, if you overthink it, it just gets weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was. I don't really remember much about what happened in that match, to be honest. But because all I remember from that show was they had. Damien against Sabin. I remember that. I don't really remember much about that show, to be honest. But uh, Discovery is a place where, of course, you kind of uh, got your foot in in the central belt area, uh, Edinburgh, Glasgow, what have you. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, you did pretty well. 
in Discovery, uh, where I was again doing my, my wee notes here. Uh, of course, you were in the Fatal Four Way with the Young Bucks. Twice. Uh, to, was it twice you were with uh, the second I've, time? I've been in a match with the Young Bucks three times now at Discovery. They've never been at Discovery while I've not been there. Oh, I can't remember. Oh, the second one was with Cody uh, there. Was the, it, the third one was Cody. The first, so the first one was the Bucks, me and Dave Conrad, because that was the night I joined the Gate Crashers, and then they broke up as a team the next night, and I was like, I've just bought these trunks. Like, what, <laughs> what, do you, what should we do with these lime green trunks? Um, it was Joe Henry and Looking Sharp, and then uh, Wild Lions. Probably, yeah. yeah. Were, that was that one, and then then they did the Bucks and Kenny against Joe, Coffee, BT Gun, and Lewis, and I was at ringside, which I inexpl- inexplicably took the fuck the the Meltzer and and got pinned for the finish despite not being in the match. Um, <laughs> because despite. Despite that match being planned for hours backstage, everyone went to the ring with no finish. There was no finish. And then I got into the ring at some point to break up a Meltzer driver. But then all of a sudden I took a V-trigger and took a Meltzer and got pinned. So I, you know. (laughs) And then the third one was the Polo Promotions, Buffet Club, Kings of Catch. Young Bucks, four way. Uh, and as well, as far as my, my notes were aware, you avoided Super Kick Party. I don't know about the third one because I forgot that match even happened. Uh, um, the you still... one, the first two, I never took a Super Kick. The third one, I did, I believe. Did I? I think I did. Pretty sure I did on the third one. I didn't want to because I wanted to continue the streak, I wanted it to be a thing. You know, where one day I eventually get super kicked in. But no, I th- I'm pretty sure I did in that one. I uh, was that, I mean, I'm trying to remember the graphics in my head. Is that the one that had uh, Sammy against Tony Storm as well? No. No? Oh, for, um, that totally one was, that one was at the Corn Exchange. Um, It had, I can't even remember. Um... It was the one that had, was it? I don't even know. Um, Let's see if I've got the results. I must must do. Uh, Right, Young Bucks. Just was Discord 2019. Was Matt? Oh, Victoria was on that show, was she not? All right, so is that when the women's title was supposed to be determined? I I think it got announced that show. Victoria, like... Announced it, did she not? Uh, right. Okay. So she was in, she was in a match with with Christopher Saint and Michael Chase and Jayla Dark. I remember that. There we go. Right, I found it. Uh, yeah. So Young Bucks pulled promotions Buffett Club King's Catch. We also had uh, Sammy against Kaylee Ray, uh, yes. Joe Coffey, Matt Cross, yeah, uh, BT Gun Cody, and Joe mm-hmm. Hendry against Name Redacted, and. Kenny Williams against Liam Slayer. So yeah, okay. Oh. This, I wrote is it. Like, this is a thing with like Discovery. That card is mental. Yeah. That card is insane. <laughs> like, how has that happened? 
And, uh, and I was trying to speak to Alan about it. I, I mean, I, again, I wrote my notes and then I was remembering all these names. Like, you've only been around for what, six years, well, five years, because, you know, last year didn't happen. And the amount of names that have come through and the amount of na names you would have uh, come across going to the shows is just ridiculous. It's mental. Uh, um, Discovery is probably one of my. It's probably my favorite place to work, to be honest, because it's it's like the perfect mix between a family show and then like PWG. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like super super indie, but also for kids. Yeah, uh, again, I said that to Alan, and pretty much his his only kind of response was he, he wish he wish the adults would stop booing the kids. Uh, in the shows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can see that. Yeah. Um, so back to to WrestleZone briefly. Uh, you're the first Tri Counts champion, uh, yes. which is one of my favourite belts. It looks incredible. Um, it took a little bit of of a while to get there. There was a lot of of uh, count outs, time limit draws, DQs to eventually get to this four way ladder yeah. match. Um, I don't know how much experience you had the ladder match prior to that, uh, but I think that was my first ladder match. So what was it like going into your first ladder match then? I think it was. I don't remember having another one. I've been in ladder match there. No, I think that was it. I've been a lot. I think it was the only ladder match I've been in. I've been in a ladder match there, and then I've been in two TLCs. Ah, okay. Yeah, I was going to say you did one like, at the Hydro, but it was a TLC, I think. Yeah, but they came after that, so that was yeah, that would have been my first. Yeah. So, so you're in with Bingo, uh, Brian Tucker, Zach Dynamite. Yeah. How how different is it working a, a ladder match, and how painful was it? Um, I've got a very high threshold of pain, so not very painful at all for me. Um. It's it's weird because putting together a four-way match is difficult as it is because there's so many people and you've got to remember where everyone is and what everyone's taken already. So are they okay to be up to do this bit? And but then you add in the fact that there's now ladders and you're trying you're trying to climb it to get a belt and yeah, it was difficult. It took a while to get everything together, but I think once it did, I really liked the finishing sort of stretch. Um, where where Tucker was tied up in the ropes with the, the ladder on top of his legs so he couldn't move it and uh, Bingo stuck under the ladder and then I break Zach's fingers and I remember yeah I like the way that that ended anyway and I think the finish got a really good reaction as well with the fingers because I've been doing the finger snap for a while and at one point that wasn't going to be the finish because Hornswoggle told me I shouldn't do it. Because uh, he what, was on that show. What was he doing about a lot of matches? <laughs> he was telling us, he, we were practicing like bits of it, and then he was like, what's, what's the finish going to be? So I told him, he was like, no, no, that'll just kill the crowd if you do that finish. It needs to be something more, you know, more visual or big. And, you know, I was like, oh, okay, I'll have a think. And he was like, yeah, I, I wouldn't do it. And I did it anyway, and the, the crowd loved it because I'd been doing that for months anyway, so that was, like, the thing. I think it's, it's fine. Like, I get what he was saying, but obviously he's not been there for all these other shows, so he doesn't know what the, the like, inside 
inside jokes and the little, you know, the references and stuff are. Mm-hmm. But I did, I really like that match. I watched it not that long ago, actually. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like think, well. Yes, your white gear. Yeah, we definitely did speak about that then. Uh, what what did you decide to go for the all white that night? Uh, for mm-hmm. just a Anarchy mm-hmm. WrestleMania kind of thing? or Because uh, I was winning. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to win a belt wearing white and gold gear because that's what everyone does. That's what Seth Rollins did. <laughs> like, yeah, you get, you're get you going to win a belt, you go in wearing gold and white gear. And then I can't wear that gear anymore because it's absolutely ruined. It's one of those, I mean, white gear, you get you get one go pretty much, unless the point well, it was, is... It was, it was dirty from that match, but then I cleaned it and stuff, but then I've had death matches and since then, now it's just covered in blood and won't come out, so... The white gear's over. Um, I really like the the like the, the white t-shirt with the King of Catch uh, card on it as well. And I was like, yeah. oh, I, could, I don't like buying white t-shirts for that reason, because once they get dirty, you, they're never well, white again. Yeah. Well, that was the thing. Like I, I was selling those t-shirts at the time, but black. And I was like, oh, I can't wear the black one, because I always wear one of my t-shirts with my trunks or whatever. So I can't wear the black one with the white one. So I went and got a white one made just for me. And the amount of people that are like, when are you releasing the white ones? I'm, like, I'm not. I'm not because because despite you asking about them, no one's gonna buy one because they never do. Like the amount of people that ask for different colours of t-shirts and stuff, and then you've just got a bunch of white t-shirts or a bunch of red t-shirts just sitting about. Because nobody actually buys them. <laughs> they buy the white one, they buy the black ones because they go with everything. That's why if you look at pro wrestling tees and go through any store, it's all black t-shirts. Just yeah, black slimming, a, apparently as I well. I know a lot of people asking about the white ones. I think the only other person that's got a white one is my dad. But, I uh, say no. I, I, I probably I one wanted but didn't ask because for that reason, it's like would I buy it? I don't think I would. I'd like the look of it. But I don't think I'd yeah. buy a white one because I think mm-hmm. all the other white t-shirt I have is a Nicky Storm one and. Uh, I wore it three times. The third time, uh, I was eating something on the same day and spilled on it. And from that point onwards, it's now a white T-shirt with uh, like a red mark because it doesn't come out. Yeah. I was like, nah, I'm not buy white T-shirts. There's, there's no point. I've got, I've got like, I've got like two, two white T-shirts. I've got a purge one and I've got the Jackie Polo Just Just This one. And the purge one, I don't even know how. It's got like a brown like coffee stain on the back of it. I don't even drink coffee. I don't even know where it's from. I can't wear it outside without wearing a jacket now. So, uh, yeah. Uh, that and uh, grey, I suppose, is kind of the end thing. I like the Caleb Valhalla t-shirt. It looks very cool just because of the design yeah. for it. Uh, right, well, we'll throw it down to, to design then because, of course, you're you're the man behind Bear Hug Design, uh, which yeah. is everywhere. It seems to be, if, if you want to get your graphics done, um, show graphics merch, anything, you're the man for it. Uh, of course, you said you, you, you did graphic design for us at college, uh, but when did you decide to start doing it for other wrestlers? Um, before, like, a long time before I was wrestling, when I was like 15, 14, 15, 
that's the first time I ever started like using Photoshop or anything to make. I used to make. Do you remember eFeds? Oh yeah. yeah. I used to make posters for eFeds. So, <laughs> and then I made like little signatures for people on the on the forums and stuff. So I was doing that, and then I went to college and did it. And then when I started WrestleZone, um, I remember I can't even remember what show it was, but I was like, "Hey, I made a poster for this show. Do you want to see it?" And they're like, "All right." whatever sure and i kept doing that a few times and then eventually me it was uh brian remember brian star yeah okay. he, he was doing the posters at that point and then at one point we started like alternating them and then i think he just didn't have enough time to do them so i ended up doing them all um and then i did posters here and there for like we we promotions or if like like W3L maybe needed a poster quick and they couldn't get it at the time I would do one there. Then I started doing Discovery and yeah, it just kind of went from there. Now I'm doing, I was, well, I say now I'm doing, nothing's happening now, but um, like there's still there's obviously more stuff getting planned down south. So I'm doing like TNT, um, British Wrestling Revolution and uh, and then up here, I'll still obviously have WrestleZone and Discovery and, you know, wherever else. I was doing Keith and S. And most, the most, most places other than like SWE, W3L, and ICW. Although I've done like t shirts and stuff for them. So I've still worked for them, but not like posters. Posters is my favorite thing I do. By far. Um, Adam actually has a question about it. He, he's got, he said, uh, what goes into a great poster slash logo design process? You tell me. Well, I don't know. I just do them. Uh, honestly, I have no idea. Like, half of the time, things shouldn't work for multitude of reasons. Um, like, I'm colorblind. Uh, I just go for the first idea that comes in my head or whatever, and then it works out. Um, Poster-wise, like I just think the main thing with posters is as long as it looks eye-catching and everything is legible, then it's fine, really. Uh, anything beyond that is just your own creativity. But like... Like you see some places and they do posters and they've not even like kept the aspect ratio right on the photos and folk are like stretched out and stuff and yeah, I, it kills me inside. I, when the world was alive, I every now and then I would just get a message from William Sterling and I'll be like, "Like William Sterling has sent you a photo," and I'm like, "Oh God, here we go." This is a really bad poster he sent me and went enjoy. Hey, it kills me inside. Uh, well, I mean, I I had I did rock and wrestles for a bit. I don't mm. know how why they let me do it, and and well, because I was free because I would do it for free. That's why I, I was asked to do it. Um, that's but, that's what that's why a lot of people's posters like the rock and wrestle ones were all right as far as I remember. I thought I didn't know you did that, but I thought it was someone else. But anyway, um, I, a lot of places. I've got really just 
rubbish posters and it's because they're just getting someone to do it for free rather than getting someone who rather than paying for the quality they're just going oh you you've got photoshop on your laptop have you i'll go make a poster and it's like yeah i just posters are definitely my favorite thing to do though like if i'm struggling with like uh, a t-shirt or a a logo design or I'm struggling editing a video together or something I'm just like right let's just make a poster for a random show yeah you start to do Star Wars ones yeah or, or like when I was doing the Wrestlemania ones uh, it's just like even if I don't if I've got one for like an actual promotion I'll go do that you know just get me back into the groove of doing things but like if not I'll just I'll just make a random poster for either an actual show that happened or I'll just make up a show just make a poster. I've got a lot of posters on my laptop that are for made-up shows that I would want to book. <laughs> uh, what well, one that comes to mind as, as a personal favourite of mine was uh, it was when you were against Crusher. Was it Halloween hijinks, maybe possibly? And you did the alternating posters, um, you with the belt, because yes. you're because Aspen was that confident that he was going to win. Uh, he wants a poster made with with him wearing the belt. Uh, yes, yeah, that was. Oh, uh, yeah, that was just that was just me being like, you know, in in character, being like, guys, I think you know I should probably have this, and then out with character, it's like, well, if you have a poster with him on it with a belt, it just gives away that I'm going to lose at the, <laughs> the Halloween hijinks. So surely we need to make two, and that was that was part partially it was just me wanting to do more posters, but. I think it worked. I think it looked, I quite like that. I think it was was it like breaking or something like the one bef- like the show after Halloween, whatever it was. That was what that one was for. Uh, did you do like um um again wrestles over? But you did a was it Halloween hijinks game where you did like the two different posters? There was, was red. There was, was, there was a heel poster and there was a babyface poster. That was it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, was that again just you had too many ideas going along? I made these two. Yeah, I just I was just like I had too much time on my hands, and I was like, guys, I've made one that's got just bad guys on it, and I've made one that's got good guys on. You use what you want. <laughs> Is there any particular um, favourites of the ones you've made that have actually been used for shows? Um, like a lot of the discovery ones, I really like. Um, I like the one at the. Like the Discovery sort of Halloween ones where everyone was zombies. That was cool. When I had like each match graphic, I had to go and edit every single promo picture to make them look like a zombie. And I shouldn't have decided I was doing that. I took way too long. But it was, I liked it once it was done. Um, what else? I, slow, I, I can't think of things when I'm put on the spot. And I would I would go on my phone right now and check, but that that is my phone, so I would go have a look through my. Uh, if you go on like my my bear hug page, there's a link to my portfolio of posters, and the only ones I put up there are ones that I like. So whatever's on there, I like. I, I quite liked a lot of the fierce females ones as well. Um, fierce females wrestle zone. And a lot of the discovery ones because it's like 
they kind of give me more free reign. Just this is who we'd like on the poster, or this is who's on the show. Just go, go, do what you want. Have fun with it. Um, yeah, but they're, they're all on on my portfolio. The ones that I do like, because otherwise they wouldn't be on the portfolio. Of course. Uh, again, same with logos, any particular ones that that strike mind. But if yourself, you went through the the cycle of of the evolution of the cat, the skull, yeah. uh, which I love. Well, of course I loved it because I think I've got three out of the four skull t-shirts you've done. Yeah, the the, the only one that I that I'm not happy with when I look back on them is the playing card one. Really, because it it strays too far from the the theme of my head as a skull with the hair and then the accessories. See if it was just the skull that was on that poster, on that uh, t-shirt without the card, I'd probably like it better. Or if it was facing forward, right? Okay, yeah. All the other ones are facing forward, um, and it's like the first one is there. It's just a skull with like sharp teeth in my hair the second one the skull has now started to grow horns um and then the third one it's got the horns and then it's got like the feathers and stuff coming off it because i started doing the lost boy thing it's just Probably. the one i'm waiting for for those that are sighted to, yes, to watch um probably part of me wants to do another one but then part of me is also like folk are going to get sick of me just constantly doing me as a skull t-shirts I mean some would but I'm sure there's at least three people I can think of that would still buy it uh, so I mean that's probably three sales right there uh, but and of course everyone does skulls and yeah. <laughs> it's become a thing now yeah everyone started doing themselves as a skull so it's like okay I don't think it was when I first did the first one because I don't, I don't remember seeing other people doing it and me being like, oh, I could do that. Um, but it was like, the more I did them, I got to the second one, and then I got to the third one, and I'm like, there's so many people here with gear or T-shirts or something. So it was like, it's just a skull, but with their features on it. I want to do another one, but it's just going to look like I'm copying everyone else again. And, I've already got that. Like, who was it? I don't know if you saw this on Twitter. I, I, that's why someone I said, that's why I made that backhand comment about it. Because, yeah, yeah someone, someone, said I someone said I copied their their idea. And I'm like, hey, this is a joke. <laughs> like, I don't even know who you are. Uh, I think everyone kind of piled in going, well, one, you went, no, I've done this since wherever. And then Volker's <laughs> going, oh, they're, he's going to ship himself and see Stone Cold Steve Austin's gear. That's just <laughs> Twitter, isn't it wonderful? Um, the, really? This is amazing. Uh, so speaking of like the design for the first one, of course, I had your hair. Uh, from again, from my memory of I think I might have listened to you did a Break a Boz podcast way back when. That was a long time ago. A very long time ago. And I think you you, you said that your pigtails was for Willie was a tribute to Willie Nelson. Um, yeah. I'm assuming that's right. Uh, so is, is, is that your kind of jam for music? Uh, um, I like a lot of music, but it's 
if I was sitting like if I'm at the gym or something, I'm either gonna listen to like country or I'm gonna or go like the complete opposite and listen to like mumble rap where they're just like you know <laughs> so nothing correlates to each other I could press play on my Spotify and it'll be like Willie Nelson then it'll go Hanson then it'll go to like Slayer and then it'll come back to Post Malone and then it'll go uh, just Bob Marley I think yeah I, I like a lot of stuff but I do I do like I do like country and like but like outlaw country stuff like Willie Nelson and um, Waylon Jennings and Chris Christopherson and Johnny Cash, all that sort of lot. I like that. So how did you get from to that to to uh, it was a schism? I think was yeah. to see for a while, which I loved, and I think I put on Twitter that I loved it, and then that was the night you changed it. <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> so, but yeah, how, how did you say that? That was Team Smash's music. Because um, before that, I was coming out to Immigrant Song. Uh, then we, we were trying to call it Vengeance Music and stuff, and we decided that we decided we wanted dubstep to annoy the crowd. Because at the time, that was like the thing. It was like, you know, people were like, this is just noise and whatever. Um, so we were just we were trying to find like the most annoying. We found one that was even worse, like really bad, like just maybe maybe it was like a three minute song, but it just considered it was almost like right to censor esque, but with dubstep noises. Um, it was it was bad, but we got told we weren't, we weren't using that. So, <laughs> but we found that one and. The first word in that song is smash. Oh, and we're like, we're like, yes, we're using that one. So we use that. And I just kept using it after the team broke up. Um, at the time, I didn't like dubstep at all. I was just doing it to annoy the crowd. But I really like that song now. <laughs> and I've, I've got into some other dubstep as well. But yeah, I do really like that song. Um, it might change, but. As of right now, that's going to be my music when I go back, I've decided. I'm just going to go back to that. But it might change by then if I find something better. But right now, that's probably going to be my music when I go back. Oh, I, I that, mean, or, or, the, or the remix that I used in the Hardcore Holly match. I, well, I didn't even know that was... I mean, I, I know very little about music. I like, I like Hanson. But uh, yeah, I didn't even know that was dubstep. Uh, I, yeah. I, music has moved on in my life. Uh, when I, when I, back in my day... If it wasn't on the top 40, I have no idea what it is. And now I'm at that stage yeah. as well. Unfortunately, TikTok has a lot to answer for because I've got like part of songs stuck in my head. Well, that's that's my like my Spotify, like, like the last maybe 15 to 20 songs are just songs I heard on TikTok. <laughs> and I feel bad when I when I connect to like the the gym that I go to, it's it's small, it's quite a small gym, so it's almost like a like a home gym environment and they've got like speakers you can bluetooth speakers you can connect to it's like i just put on whatever music you want and i just put on random but it's just all tiktok songs and i feel i feel bad <laughs> yeah they do the the bus yeah. challenge and all that kind of stuff just uh... yeah uh so 
again, we just actually no, I'm going to speak about because kind of briefly going back to wrestling, and you mentioned uh, wrestling, and I'll just go back there. That rumble match that you made me cry. Uh, so that wait, was wait, 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 which one? Uh, I, I can't, I've forgotten the year. I want to say it's 2017, the one where you okay. got to the final three. Uh, yes, that's the one because that was, I think, maybe in the possibly the second one I took took my, my, my wife to and I was like you got to the final three and I looked at her and went Osprey's going to win this and then you went over the top rope it fell out and it's one of the only times I've almost pretty much cried at that show because I was so mm. determined you were going to win and you fell out the ring um, yeah. I've, that, made it, I've made a habit of having the stupidest rumble eliminations if you look at them all they just like the first rumble I was in, the first wrestling rumble I was in. Uh, I took a big boot on the apron and did a backflip on my head on the floor. That was good. The, the second one, the second one, I slid in and immediately got thrown out. The third one, I slid in and Grado J. Lethal and Sanjay Dutt beat me up and immediately threw me out. Uh, <laughs> Then the fourth one was the one you're talking about. Uh, I took a bandera of the apron and I went, woohoo, and I slipped on the, the the ring skirt and fell off. Do yeah. you just not like working rumbles? Is it <laughs> just... No, I, I like a rumble, but I, I think at the time anyway, like character-wise, I think because, especially that year, like that was the year where I was still a heel, but the crowd were kind of like, oh, he's a bad guy, oh, but he's not a bad guy, sort of thing, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was kind of like a tongue-in-cheek sort of thing. So when I did that, it was like, right, when you're gonna, we're in the last three, how are we going to get to the final two? And I was like, what if we're just in complete control? And I just slip, <laughs> and I'm gone. And they were like, mm, I don't know about that. And I don't think anyone was really up for it. Um, and I was like, please, just let them do it. Until they were like, fine, whatever. And I did it. And, well, you were there. You saw the reaction it got. And I was like, I knew. And I'm almost 100% certain I mentioned backstage, Billy Strachan's going to hate this. <laughs> and you were? I'm almost 100% sure that I was like, just, just watch for Billy. <laughs> and you're absolutely spot on because I was furious and I mean I've watched enough wrestling I, I, well, at the time I was 27 I was 27 26, 27 so I mm. I know wrestling's not real <laughs> sorry to break yeah. it to anyone that's watching or listening to this but, it was a bit late for that I don't know <laughs> but, but yeah even I must have just annoyed my wife for the last hour and a half on the way back to Elgin just going how did they do that? Why did they do that? He was going to win. He was, and then, but my brain was like going, it's predetermined. He wasn't going to win. But, ah, oh, this, that whole, that whole night, it just, I don't know whether it made me like you more because you, you pulled me in and then absolutely broke my heart at the same time or hate me because you pulled me in and then broke my heart at the end of it as well. I mean, I mean really, if, if, if that's the reaction it had, then that is the reaction I was going for. So it worked perfectly. 
yeah. And, and by, by that's the reaction I was going for. I mean specifically with you. <laughs> so. Oh, I was just yeah. furious. Um, I mean, I, I just don't, I didn't, just didn't trust you in Rumbles after that point because I think you did a rock and wrestle one. Uh, it, it, surprisingly, you were there unannounced. And mm. I was just like, well, is he going to win? He's going to do something stupid. He's going to win. And then about 10 minutes, not even 10 minutes, like three minutes later, you're out. I was like, yeah, there we go. It's, it's, yeah, but I, wasn't, I don't think I was meant to be out. I got accidentally eliminated in that one. You didn't have a good time at Rock and Wrestle in general with, if you got no. accidentally eliminated that. And then, I got uh, accidentally eliminated there because if you remember later on in that rumble, uh, the referee gave one of the purge like an RKO or something. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, it was Sean, I think. Yeah, I, that was meant to be me, but I was gone. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, yeah. But yeah, you had that, and of course the street fight with Crusher, where yeah, that's, yeah. yeah, that's the most painful in that match is the most painful move I've ever taken. When he powerbombed me out of the chair, <laughs> yeah, where I think all yeah ended up in right at the end. That was horrific. Uh, I think I've got. Hopefully, I'm going to have Sammy on in the future where we speak about the the Black Hole Slam because. That was much yeah. pressure about it as well. It was just, yeah, pretty much anything that could have went wrong in that particular moment all went wrong <laughs> in that yeah, moment. It just, it still blows my mind that one move caused a concussion, a separated shoulder, and a broken collarbone. How? <laughs> <laughs> How? Uh, right. So again, because like I said, there's there's no actual. Uh, like schedule for this kind of thing. We'll go back to Disco. We mentioned your matches, Young Bucks, uh, your interaction with the Elite. Uh, you won the Hotter in Hell tournament in 2017. Um, in well, you, you defeated Rampage Brown in the final, and I'll mm. give you a title shot as well. So, uh, what was it like making your way up up the kind of card in Discovery? Of course, you would have been with the Kings of Catch at that point, and, and that, but. Um. Yeah, I think Discovery is always like, whenever I did single stuff in Discovery, I always feel like that was my best matches. Um, or, or my best matches as a singles guy. I don't think I don't think the singles matches I had in ICW really showcased me the best that I could. And that's that's on, on me completely for not, you know, performing the way I should or whatever. Um, but I, I really like, like, I had a match where Chris Ridgeway in the semi-finals and then it was Rampage in the finals. Rampage in the final yeah. I've got written down. Um, but yeah, I, I like both them matches. I can't even remember. Oh, it was, yeah, I had this. It was me against Joe Coffey, wasn't it, for the title after that? Uh, yes, I think it was. I know he was the champion at the time. I think Lewis was chasing it and... Of course, you won the, the number of tension, maybe. So yeah, maybe. yeah. I got, I got, I got a title shot. I don't remember that. I don't remember the match though. I don't have in my head. It was a triple threat. I don't know. Uh, oh, it, was it? Hang on. Let's let's go back to the old cage match. Oh, Jeremy was, still the answer. It was, wasn't it? It was. B, it was a BT gun. That was it. Yeah, that mm -hmm. sounds familiar. Yeah, me, BT, and Joe. Yeah. 
think I, I, from what I remember, I enjoyed that match as well. I think, if I remember rightly, I think that match is where Joe Coffey went to give me the swing with BT on his shoulders. And I don't know if he if he didn't estimate how heavy we both of us were combined, but I think he kind of like got dizzy and passed out slightly, and we had to revive him a bit there. And of course, Discovery is uh, where you met Sugar Dunkerton. No. Uh, was it? Oh, it was, I said he was it. No. Oh, it was. Uh, source. I'm just going to keep saying no until you say the right one. Source. 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 Yes. Of course, he was in the championship tournament. Anyway, you met Sugar Dunkerton. Yeah. Uh, for those that made a member of his Pineapple Pete on AEW, uh, yeah. how did that friendship strike up, and how did that become the big bad body daddies? Uh, he was in that Source tournament. I got eliminated in the first round, so for the next two rounds, I just sauntered about in a pair of Zubas with a headband on and lacers tied around my arms like I was all the warrior um, we just you know, Lewis had a match against Shug and I think after that we just got chatting and then we went and got some promo pictures taken of flexing our triceps and stuff um, and then at that time we'd, we'd had the idea of doing like a YouTube thing so I was like I've got an idea where we can like do a, almost like a promo for Shug's house party, but with Shug. So that was the first the first one um, where we went to the hotel and me and Shug had a wee dance and Lewis flickered the lights on and that was good. Um, yeah, we just, I don't know, we just started chatting and we just got on. It was just a laugh. And then he obviously started getting booked in Discovery. So... We were around them there as well, and then uh, we pestered ICW over and over again until they booked him for the Aberdeen show with yeah. us. Was, yeah. uh, I, think was, I think he was meant to be in something else, another ICW show, but I don't know what happened to him. I heard, so this is all allegedly, that uh, he was supposed to be part of the Rumble uh, Square Bowl so. one year, and then he announced, he's put on Twitter that he was going to be part of it. And then suddenly he was not in it. So I don't know. I think he may have got back in progress, possibly. Again, this is all hearsay, so I have no idea. Um, yeah, I remember he did work for Pro. He did like a, a match for progress. It could have been that. Yeah. Uh, so, of course, that led the first episode of um, it wasn't called King's Road at the time, was it? No, we called it Filth Life because we were the filthy generation. That was we it. changed, we changed uh, it later. It was more of us, the Kings of Catch, you know, just because. Stevie was in a couple of them but me and Lewis were at every show together because we were a team so he wasn't going to be in a lot of them and I don't think Kaylee was even in one of them um, so we just we changed it to King's Road so it was more specific to me and Lewis and was it more a thing just to kind of entertain yourselves while you were at shows or was there, was there kind of like uh, a, an end game to it the initially, I think it was more. We told at one point that we that our promos weren't good enough and that we didn't have enough charisma to 
go to get any higher on the cards. Uh, I'm not going to say who said that, but uh, they're they're not involved in wrestling anymore, so I don't care. Um, but we, uh, so we, we we just were like, right, we're just going to do this stuff and show that we've got personality, and you know, we can get over. So that's what we did essentially. And basically, I would say that the YouTube stuff has directly led to us going from just another team to winning the ICW Tag Bats. Like, there's no way that that didn't help because everyone, the, we got loads of views on the stuff and everyone was talking about it and like little insider jokes and stuff we did on the show where like crowds would bring them up at ringside and stuff, you know what I mean? So like, I think... Yeah, it was it was more so just to show like look we we do have characters, we do have charisma, we can get ourselves over just last it our own way rather than you know. And it, it definitely translated because I remember when uh Ian Lewis formed the King's Catch in WrestleZone. So when it wasn't of course you were already doing it in ICW. Um, yeah. again from from memory it was Dable who pretty much went, Why can't you yeah, we, we used to, whenever I would go down and train with Damo, we used to be there sometimes, and he's like, he's wrestle the same, he's do all the same moves, like, both got long hair and beards, like, what are you, why don't you just be a team? And I don't think either of us wanted to at the time, we were just like, oh yeah, maybe, yeah. and then we, we feuded in WrestleZone, and then we feuded a little bit in Discovery, and then it was like, Damo was leaving to go to WWE, he had the match against Tatanka at WrestleZone. And again, he took us aside backstage because that was a show that was me and Sammy against Lewis and Viper. Um, he took us aside and he was like, we used to just be a team. And we're like, okay, <laughs> okay. So once he left, we just were like, I think we we, fought, we became a team properly on Source. And we were like, look, can we want to do this team thing. Can we do something here? And they just went from there. And it, it, it worked. So, yeah, probably should have listened to Dale beforehand. But then at the same time, the time that it actually did happen was like the perfect time for it to happen. So, but no, I remember uh, again when you formed in, in WrestleZone because, well, the show started, I think Lewis was, was in a title match. He was in a triple threat and he came out in the green trunks and, yeah. And everything, and then later on, um, it was after a tag match, rejected probably. Uh, and you came yeah, out, we, we murdered Chris Archer, that was it. And Again. uh, Lewis came out to stop you, and then the big reveal happened, and there was like a ripple effect in the Northern Hotel. I don't know, that might just be me because I was so excited. No, to see again, I've recently I've went and watched back all like literally everything I did in WrestleZone from the beginning until the last match I had there, um, because I'm trying to like. Because I've been in a tag team for the past four years, I don't know what I'm doing as a singles guy anymore. So I'm watching all my single stuff, you know, to try and see like what I used to do and what my, you know, how I used to carry myself and all that to try and get back to that. Um, but then I just kept going through the the tag stuff as well. But yeah, we there was definitely like a a thing where the crowd weren't sure when me and Liz were arguing with each other in the ring, they weren't sure what was going on, and then there was the hug. And then he took the jacket off. Um, and then we murdered Archer with the afterburner. 
so, of course, you, you teamed in wrestling, you, you eventually won the titles, uh, but in the interim, there was a second moment that uh, you made me cry. But uh, <laughs> it was, but it wasn't your fault, but possibly it was, might have been a whole other conspiracy to, to annoy me. But uh, the ladder, the tables match uh, after the anarchy. Yes. Where yes, yes. you won, and then apparently an announcer's table they isn't have. a table. Uh, so, <laughs> was that a conscious decision to kind of see how the crowd would react, or uh, what was the um, thought it was... I. Tables matches for me, I just I don't like them because the majority of the time is you have a normal match, you get picked out of tables over. The only tables match I really like is the one at Rumble 2000 with the Hardys and the Dudleys, where it's like both members have to go through tables to lose. So one person goes to a table, but then, uh, or was that was that the one that was pinfalls, but there was just tables? There was one no, of them that was pinfalls. It was definitely a tables match. It was definitely, yeah. yeah. So, but like, one person's eliminated, but they're still here. And then one person with the other, the other team's eliminated, but they're still here. So that's two tables down. And then those people go through more tables and stuff. And it's like, you know what I mean? So I like, and then you can have the guy go through a table, but he puts himself through it by accident. So he's not actually eliminated. And so I was like, we're having a tables match. Can we at least do, because originally I think it was meant to be just one table. And that was it. And I was like, can we at least do like, you've got to eliminate both people. And then I think, I think I, went, I, I requested six tables and they were like, what are you, <laughs> what are you trying to do? And I was like, look, I've got an idea for each table, but don't worry. But yeah, the, the, the announcer's table table was my idea. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Because I, I knew we were, I knew we weren't winning. So I was like, my thought process was gauge the crowd's reaction on if we do win the belts. So make it look like we've won to get a crowd reaction for that. And then they can still win. But now we know if the crowd are going to be into us being champs or not. That was my thought anyway. And then I was like, what if, what if we are given set tables for the match and this one doesn't count because it's an announcer's table? That was my thought process anyway. Yeah. I've, it's got to be one of the... It's got to be, be one of the official provided tables for the match. I just, uh, again, it was, it was the same with the, the Rumble spot. Like, I got it. I got the reaction what it was supposed to be, but I was so invested in it that I was furious about yeah. it at the same time. Right, um, yeah, that's that's the thing with wrestles on again. Like, a lot of other places, you know, like, they get good reaction and stuff, but I've, I've never, I've never worked anywhere that has got, like, such big reactions or like such passionate reactions in WrestleZone. It's it's a totally different thing. Yeah, it's just yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, and I hope more people go to it when when things actually really don't because everywhere's riddled. Once everywhere's clear, people yeah. come up uh, to to hear. Uh, although I'm, I'm in Murray, which was up until like last week as of recording, was the worst place ever. So. Um, it's not great. So, uh, what else have I got here? We've got, you mentioned death matches. 
did yeah. that kind of coincide with you stopping drinking beer, energy drinks because of the monster uh, board on Monster no. Cats? No, I only stopped drinking energy drinks two, two months, three months ago. Um, at one point, I was I was having like eight a day. It was bad. It's, <laughs> it was it was very bad. Eight of like the the big monster cans, not like the wee Red Bull cans. That, that's ridiculous. I, I had two. I had three, I had three once during a, a, a pay per view. I, I felt like I was going to die for hours afterwards. Yeah, I, I used to. I used. I used to have a, a minimum three a day. But at one point I was having like seven or eight a day um, and it wasn't, it was, it was bad. It got to the point where like, sometimes I would like get one out of the fridge and set it aside and then I'd be sitting playing a game and I'd forget about it. And it's bedtime and I was like, oh, I can't be bothered putting it back in the fridge. So I would just down the can of Monster and then go to sleep. So, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, did I, you sleep? <laughs> yeah, I did. I did, I really did. I think it, I didn't go straight from nothing to eight. So I think my tolerance went up. Well, yeah. Anyway, death matches. Death matches. Um, it seems to be you have any lot are a bit mental because I spoke to Bradley Evans as well. And he was like, I don't feel much pain. Come on, guys. Just. I think it's just you're up north, you know, yeah. colder weather, your body's hardened. That's my thought process. So what what made you love fall in love with death matches and doing death matches? Uh McFoley, Cactus Jack. Like I really like the Street Fight Rumble 2000. Uh the one you had with Orton, the one you had with Edge. Like obviously their build is like a street fight or extreme rules or whatever, but the stuff that they use in it, like the tax and the barbed wire and all that, it's a death match. I'm afraid, I'm afraid it's a death match on the network. But um, yeah, I really like the matches, and it's it's. I don't know. I like at WrestleZone, obviously, that's not going to happen. But every now and then, they did maybe like an over eighteen show where I did the street fight with, and we did like tax and stuff, and then I did. I did a tables match, a ladder match, you know. I've done loads of like weapony sort of stuff. And then because I've always I've always enjoyed watching that. And then we did uh they did ICW Whiplash did his little like deathmatch invitational thing where he had like three matches. Um and they were like, We know you like death matches. Do you want to be in this? And I was like Yes, I do. So, yeah, we just, we did that one. And then in that period of time, I did that. And then we did like a chairs tag team match with Jimmy Havoc and Haskins. And then we did the TLC. And then we did another TLC. Um, and then some point I'd done a, I'd done a, they put on a, Deathmatch tournament in Glasgow, and I wrestled Mike Bird. And then I did the TNA uh, DOA Deathmatch tournament against Jester. So I've done a few now. 
but I don't know. I just I like the idea of like having a match, but then having the option of having all these accessories and you know. Oh, and then we did the friggin' Kings of Insanity match as well. But like all these accessories and then coming up with these like stupid weapon ideas and coming up with all these like hor horrific spots and stuff. I just like that. It's, it, part of it is living out the whole I'm Cactus Jack thing. But part of it is the creativity of it. Is, is there anything in particular that you've taken and went, uh, maybe don't want to do that again? Uh, is it carpet grippers? I never did them. Uh, I told Crowbar is obsessed with them carpet grippers because he 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 works so he does he like fits carpets and stuff that's his job so he's obsessed with them because he can get them all the time and I was just like I'm not not and then he, he he was for ages he was insistent on doing a carpet grip table and. I don't know the amount of times I told him, don't do that because it will not break. But he was he was like, no, I'm doing it. Can't be fired out if it didn't break. I wonder why, because you've just reinforced the table with another plank of wood over the top of it. Right? <laughs> yeah. I I I that's don't all the ones I've been in, that's the only thing I've been like, yeah, just keep them away from me. Like tax are fine, because they're only like maybe I don't know, a centimetre deep. But, like, the carpets, carpet grips are, are nails. Yeah. I, I, no. Just no. I, I mean, I didn't like the look at the monster table, but I thought it's... I think if you spread, if it's spread out, it should kind of just compact on itself. That, it's monster, that, mon that monster, monster board was my crown and glory. I saved up. That was... That was one week's worth of monster cans I saved up. I drank every single one of them. I put them all in a plastic bag, took them on the train down to Glasgow, <laughs> cut them all in half, super glued them to a board, and then got dropped in my head on them. That was my crowning glory. Uh, I mean, it was all it was all ultimates, wasn't it? But have you got a did you did you have a particular favourite flavour of monster? Yeah, white, white monster zero. Yeah, that's. I, I was on them for a bit because I thought I'm having monster, but I'm not having the sugar. It's yeah, just, it's, it was a yeah. It, It's a good idea when you say it, but when you it's say it's a it great like, idea, but then the caffeine gets you. Yeah, so it was, I was, oh, I'll have I'll have two during the show. That'll be fine. Then five o'clock in the morning, I'm just like heart palpitations going. That nah, this was yeah. the only the only time I've ever got that is. After one of the ballroom shows, me and Caden Garrick, he was driving home, so he couldn't drink, and I don't drink. So we were like, let's see who can drink the most Red Bulls. And I got to 32. Uh, I This was like after the show. We were in, I don't know what it's called now, it used to be called Corova, um, on Bridge Street. I had 32 and I was like, I need to stop because I'm starting to shake. And he kept going, but I don't know what he got to, maybe 36 or something. But the only that's the only time that I've been like, I got home and I sat in my living room and I could just feel my heart going. And I was like, I'm going to die tonight. 
and then I ate a pizza and I was fine. Now that you've been off them for about three months, do you ever look back at stuff like that and just go, why or how <laughs> did I do that? Probably, yeah, a little bit. But then I'm like, I'm sitting at home. I don't, if I start, once I go back on shows, am I going to have to have one before I match again? You know, I used to down a can of monster just before I walked through the ground. I just, yeah, I don't, I don't know how you did <laughs> I don't it. Know. But, um, well, you're but still yeah. here somehow. But yeah, and, and it worked out because I got the monster table. So, um, but that, that I, I like that because I, I drew a, I drew a sketch of that and handed it to Crowbar and was like, I want to make this. Um, I also did the first one I did, the Whippy. Again, I drew, I was at work and I drew a sketch of a table, but the it was just like a frame of a table with barbed wire instead of a table. And I handed it to Crowbar and he made that for me. And then the one against Jester at TNT, I was like, right, I need you to make me a crown of thorns by his barbed wire. And he made like a helmet of barbed wire. That was so. So pretty much for all your deathmatch needs, go to Crowbar and Teal. Yeah. And especially if you want carpet don't, picker. Don't get them to do tables, though, because they will not break. <laughs> for ages, I saw that coming up on, on, on Twitter, just going, uh, any time a table didn't break anywhere, it was a, it was a Crowbar table. table. Yeah, it's that, it's that really good, like, Polish worksmanship. It just won't it's, break. It's like Polish table, Japanese table. That's the, yeah. the order of things. Um, yeah. The other note I've got here is about Pokemon, because when yeah. when you were uh, sending, well, I think one of your favourites is Farfetch'd, if I'm right thinking that. It's because it's he's got a massive leak, isn't it? It's just... He's just some boy, isn't he? What a guy. <laughs> I just remember playing Pokemon Blue and Pokemon Red when they first came out, and then you, you get to the point where you can trade a Spearow for a Farfetch'd. And I was like, how's was a far-fetched? Because I was like eight. So I traded it and it's just a duck holding the leak. And he's called, and his name, and you couldn't change his name because you you traded him with another player in the game or whatever. So then they'd named him Ducks, D-U-X. And I was like, oh, what a boy. What a boy. He was always in my, he was always in my, my six for my Elite Four, Ducks. Some guy. So, I mean, Pokemon I Blue thought, Actually, actually, where's my... Where's my wallet? You'd have to pay me for this, it's fine. <laughs> oh, I've got two seconds. Uh. Keeping all this in. I'm back. Hey, Chris, this is going to blow your mind. Wallet. Fallout. But anyway, inside, this is this is my first Farfetch'd that I got from trade. I traded, right? I traded a Charizard, right? I traded a Charizard in 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 primary four for this Farfetch'd, right? Right? He's a bit worn. He's a bit broken down, but he's been in my wallet ever since, right? This this boy. I traded a Charizard for him. That's how much far-fetched means to me. 
But Farfetch came in like every third booster pack. I don't know. How to say. <laughs> I've got a Farfetch collection, like Farfetch card collection, and they're all in not this one obviously, but they're all in like plastic sleeves and stuff, um, in like the the protection, like the hard plastic ones. And I've got other than the two newest ones that came out, the Farfetched and then the Galarian Farfetched cards. I've got every Farfetched card in a in a little wallet. Save saved all perfectly. Have you ever thought about coming to the ring with a leak? Uh, I haven't, but I could. <laughs> I have thought about getting Farfetch themed gear. But uh yeah. But no, I've got all them and they're they're a little he's just he's just you know, look at him. He's just he's some he's some guy, isn't he? It's he's just an he's just a duck with a monobrow and a, a leak. All the other Pokemon are all these weird creatures and dragons and like, you know, this boy's a duck. And the best thing is, it's far fetched, but he seems like the most normal out of all of them. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a he's just a duck. But yeah, he's my favorite Pokemon. Uh, any other particular favorites, or is it just far fetched, right or die? Uh, far fetched, uh, Psyduck. Uh, basically all the ducks. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the other note I've got here is cats, because you, you're saying now oh, yeah. cat Pokemon Meows. as well, uh, cards with your merch. Yeah, my my six, my Elite Four team, the first time I beat the Elite Four, was Farfetch'd, Meowth, Psyduck, uh, Farfetch'd, Meowth, Psyduck, Sandshrew, a Diglett, and then a Blastoise at level 100. Oh, I was going to say, Blastoise <laughs> did the work then. That's... <laughs> Aye. Farfetch'd was, was on that Hall of Fame. Uh, yeah, so it was one of those, yeah, one of those runs, Blastoise did everything, and then at the end it was like, this is my team. They did the, yeah. they did the whole thing. Uh, just, again, totally going all, all over the place. King's Road Warriors. So this is, of course, the, yeah. the spin-off of King's Road and Filth Life and, and what have you. Um, I, I watched every week of that. This is, <laughs> this is Piper. But she's been scratching at my leg for the past five minutes. Uh, I, I would I would show you. I, I don't have a cat. I have a dog. I'm allergic to cats. So that's, just, that's why we never got one. That and cats don't like people. They just tolerate people. At least the dog oh. looks like he cares. No, don't be like that. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'd show you uh, my dog, but she's probably huffing at the at the door because I got a text saying, oh, I'm just going to go collect her mum somewhere or something. So she'll be at the front door just like whining, going, why have you left me forever? Oh, We're still yes. going to be gone for 10 minutes. Uh, whereas cats would just be like, oh, why are you back? They'll just go to sleep. <laughs> um, yeah, so Kings Road Warriors. It yeah. had Angel Hayes, Ashley Vega, and uh, at the time it was Jesse Santana, who's now uh, Chimney. Yes. Um, what was your, what was the concept behind that? Um, tough enough, or the first couple of seasons at NXT where it was just a game show. I just wanted to do something like that. It, it. See if you watch the the like little teaser we we put out first. Where it was like explaining what it was or whatever. 
it, it should have been better than it was. <laughs> it ended up being just a heap of bollocks. Because um, th- if we'd have taken more time and really like, put more thought into it, it could have been even, it could have been really good. But uh, yeah, it was just really a case of, I want to do like a stupid tough enough game show. And then who, and then just use it to like also not only put over ourselves as like characters, but then also like put a little shine on someone else, like the newer sort of folk coming through. Um, And yeah, if we'd planned it, it would have been amazing. (laughs) But, But other than the first, like teaser episode where it was like we introduced the concept and we introduced the the, the rookies or whatever whatever we called them. If we'd have put that much effort into the rest of it, it would have been great. But we didn't. We just made it up on the spot and just went with it. And it was probably entertaining for some people, but I don't I don't yeah, it could have been a lot better. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying that I, I didn't like any of the waters because, of course, they're, they're all great in their own right. But the the quiz episode made me just just dislike everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, how can you not know any of this? Who everyone knows all the names of the Nexus members. Well, that, well that's <laughs> the thing. It's like because it wasn't even planned. Was it? I think it was Lewis that was asking the questions, and when they weren't getting any of them, he was just trying to give them questions because he was making them up in his head. On the spot, so he's trying to give the questions that he thought, "Oh, you'll definitely know this right here." How about this question? And they just didn't know any of it because they were like seventeen, eighteen, or something. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe so. I feel whenever I'm speaking, I've spoken to, to Ashley and, and Angel in this in this uh, in, in these podcasts, and as soon as they start saying, anyone who says their first memory is Rey Mysterio and WWE, I shut down and go, oh, "No, they're young." I mean, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that's also probably Lewis's. He didn't start watching WWE until 2008. What? Yeah. Oh, man. God. That uh, blew my mind. Yeah. I, I was speaking to all, the, all these youngins, and they're like, oh, my, my first match was like, I don't know, something from 2009. Oh, get out. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but no... I, it was fun. It was fun at the time, and I think everyone enjoyed it. And people watching it got a, a wee laugh out of it. But I do think it could have been a lot better than it was. Any plans on, on uh, series two? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Um, I I've toyed with the idea of doing another like King's Road style thing, but with just myself and then like guys from Aberdeen to like get some of their names out a bit more. But I don't know if we'll do any of that. Um, and of course, Sammy was 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 involved with the Kings Road, and you're part of the Kingdom yeah. of Catch for three years. Um, and before that, of course, it was you and Sammy and WrestleZone. Um, yeah. Were you paired together and then became a couple, or, or how did that kind of how did you guys yeah. get together? Yeah, it was kind. Of, we we were kind of like. I, th- I don't think we were like officially together when we started like working with each other in but I think it came from the fact that we were, you know, 
talking to them or getting closer that they were like do you want her to be your manager because i think they really liked the idea of having me with a valley because i'd had katie kane for ages and then she left and they were like we just like the dynamic of you and a valley so i was like yeah just have sammy there and then yeah just went from there to it and of course you end up like wrestling together pretty much everywhere uh, at some point um hmm. so yeah, I, I really, it's going to sound really weird, but cause, just because I, I got married, like, possibly the year before you guys did, and I was just, I like that it was David doing the pictures and all that kind of stuff. It was like a real yeah. wrestling wedding. It was just, I'm not going to labour it because it's not wrestling related or, or, or this is more personal than we need to get on yeah, the podcast. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was just, I, I, two of my favourite wrestlers in Scotland, and it was nice that, that you're, you're together as well. It's like, oh, perfect. yeah. It was, good, it was good because it was like obviously we had we had Dave Dave Wilson doing the photos and like Lewis is the best man and Viper's the the bridesmaid and you know Stevie and Kaylee's there you know so it was good good times right so we'll get to a couple of stupid questions and then we'll we'll dig in we've got loads of questions from from folk as well mostly Kyle um, so we've got one of the questions is what's your favorite dinosaur. Uh, Pteranodon. Oh, it's a bit something a bit different. That's... I like a I like I like a flying dinosaur, but a pterodactyl's too generic and obvious. A pteranodon, it's like you know, like the pterodactyl with the crest on its head and stuff. I also like that because that's what they that's what they. I'm gonna say something. I was about to say something, assuming that you would know what the hell I'm talking about. Um, the Tombstone Thunderbird. Do you know what that what that is? No. Okay. And uh, there's like a story that there was a in like this wild west town called Tombstone, which I think is in Arizona. Um, that these like prospectors shot down a pteranodon. Like there was apparently this thing, and there's a there's like a photo. There's a photo that's lost. There's a newspaper article about it that you, that you can go like read or whatever. But there's a photo like that's lost to time, and there's been loads of recreations of this photo. And it's these like old like Western prospectors, and then they've got this like flying giant, either a giant bird or a giant dinosaur, like against a barn wall to show like the like the wingspan of it or whatever. Um. I just think it's a really cool story about like cowboys apparently shooting down a dinosaur. Um, that's what I named my like corkscrew tombstone, the tombstone Thunderbird. Um, okay. But yeah, Pteranodon. I like a flying boy. Uh, the other question that we ask everyone is what would win in a fight, two sheep or one cow? Uh, can I say, like, a rogue pig? <laughs> it's a first, but, um, I mean, that's the, I just gave out the question from like that point pig, on. Like a pig doing, like, a run-in, basically. It's like, pigs are... Pigs are cracking, you know? They look funny. They sound funny. They're fat. They've got little curly tails. But... If you left a corpse in their thing, it'd be gone in like a day. They would they would take out both of them. They would take out both the sheep and the cow, and they would eat the corpses. So there was no evidence. 
that's a, that's a first. Yeah, two sheep versus one cow, a pig would win. Uh, right, let's go to the, the other fan questions. I've got Kyle uh, again. He's got, uh, when will you reimburse him for the sign he made at Aberdeen Anarchy 2014 that you, that you tore up? I don't... Oh, I do remember this, do I? I didn't know if it was him. If that's the one I'm thinking of... What, what, what year was that? Uh, 2014. So that would have been... Is that me versus Len? Right. I left through the crowd... Was it Kyle Watt? There was someone with a sign. And there was someone with like... They had... There was someone with a beer that I smacked out of their hand. There was someone with... I feel like I broke someone's glasses in that crowd. And I've got a funny feeling now it might be Kyle Watt now that you've said that. If I broke your sign, I'm terribly sorry, but not really. But there were, uh, maybe it wasn't him. There was, if we can find out, the guy that I think I broke his glasses was wearing a mask, like a, either a wrestler mask or some sort of like silly mask or something. And I just like palm faced the mask and grabbed it and ripped it off their face. But I think I also ripped off their glasses and smashed them on the floor. Because when I was in, the nightclub afterwards at the after party, someone came up and was like, oh, you broke my mate's glasses. And I was like, I don't care. And just walked away. But it may have been him. I don't know. Well, we'll okay. I'm sure he'll let us know. Uh, he... how, mu how much was the sign if I've got to reimburse it now? Uh, one far-fetched card. That's uh, how much it costs. <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, right, so going back to the questions that you were asked way back in 2014 uh, when we were initially supposed to do an interview. Uh, again, it's Kyle, because of course it is. So this, is, this was uh, possibly before the whole uh, sign tearing up moment. Uh, he asked a classic, who are your biggest influences in wrestling? Uh, Chris Jericho. Uh, People who I watched it, like as a as as a kid and growing up, Chris Jericho, uh, Triple H, Mick Foley, and um, people within wrestling, like that have helped me. And uh, I would say, obviously, the guys that wrestle on like Scott and Crusher and Damien, and they've all helped me a lot. And then Jackie Polo, he's helped me a lot. He he pretty much helped me get my first bookings in Glasgow as well. Um, big demo, obviously. Yeah. And we've also got which world of sport wrestler with wrestlers would you recommend checking out more? Uh, Rollerball Rocco, Les Kellett. Depends what you like. Like I like watching Les Kellett because it's he's comedy. I like I like watching Cat Weasel and stuff. But then, if you want like good like technical wrestling then obviously you've got like Johnny Saint and all that lot and then you've got my favourite sort of I, I like Rollerball Rocco and I like uh, Adrian Street and stuff you know people who had like big characters and were like just more wrestling not like grappling but like wrestling wrestlers like entertainment wrestlers I like them 
And just a question that was on Twitter that, I mean, you, you, you tweeted about it, but we never got an answer. It's from J-Bomb. Uh, could you beat the big show? Could I beat the big show? Um, uh, I think I could beat the commentator big show. Um, I could have a good go at the giant, but ECW champion big show, no chance. Oh, he's the best big show, I mean, in my opinion. I mean, he was probably the most unhealthy he's ever been in his life, but he was huge. But what a, he looked like an absolute machine. So, no, I wouldn't try it. I wouldn't try it with him. Commentator big show, yeah, if he's already behind the desk and I can get a jump start. Fair enough. Well, hopefully J-Bomb is listening to this and not just uh, pestering your DMs. Uh, I hope his mate I hope his mate hears this because his mate doesn't think I could beat him. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I, you don't have to, to divulge this any, any further than you have to, but as a wrestler, I assume your DMs are full of the weirdest stuff. Uh, I mean, as a male, it might not be uh, as weird. But... Yeah, I don't, I don't get that sort of stuff. Although I have at one point, so well, actually, recently a guy a guy messaged me on Instagram asking my shoe size and I was like, that's a bit weird. And then I read his name and his name was Foot Fetish Guy 93 or something. And I was like, oh, okay. Um but yeah, my DMs have been weird. I got I, I had a whole back and forth conversation with a guy who was wanting to challenge me to a match and he started sending me pictures of him with title belts and Gear, gear that he bought off eBay because he was he was preparing to fight me at WrestleZone. <laughs> that yeah. is incredible. So I mean, when when WrestleZone returns, we might see uh see yourself against uh some dude in some gimp gear and pleather ready to fight. Yeah, weird. I I got I got I won't name names, but I someone who is a wrestler now. Uh. I'm using that in the loosest of terms as well, but someone who's a wrestler now used to message me, sending me pictures of gear that they designed for me. Um, and every time they sent me, I was like, I wear trunks. And then they would go, okay. And then they'd come back and send me like biker shorts or something. And I'd be like, no. Um, and they just kept doing that. And then they started, they sent something else. And I was like, yeah, I can't deal with this anymore. So I blocked them. And then they started turning up at shows and trying to show me pictures of gear that they designed for me. And I was like, I'm, I designed my own gear, sorry. Like, that was weird. But I'm, I'm not going to name names because, you know, <laughs> that, that could get awkward. Um, another interaction with fans in general, I remember a Union Square show. Actually, I think it was just the same day that I, I had my first interaction with you. And the, just it was awkward on my part. I don't think it was for you. But... Uh, I think it was. I don't like, really get awkward. I don't get awkward or embarrassed, so it wouldn't have been no. Ah, but that's fine then. That, that makes me feel worse. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so it was. I think it was a hen party went past and asked to get a picture with you because you're wearing big uh, gear, and you just yeah. turned around and went, "Not right now." <laughs> Kept going, but I think it was the same day. The show had packed up, and I was waiting for my train, and I don't know why it happened, but you came up to me and went. Someone was saying that you're wanting to, to speak to me. And I'm very awkward with people. I just turned around and went, nah. And then you walked off. And I was like, I don't I don't know how this interaction all happened, but I okay. felt like the worst person afterwards going, 
I would have liked to speak to you, but I, no, you've cold cocked me here. This is I'm just this I too awkward situation. I don't, I don't remember that, but it sounds like yeah, yeah, it sounds sounds worse for me. So that's fine. It's, it's it's one of those things that when you you sleep for a couple hours and your brain goes, remember we did this. Yeah, I, I have. If it if it helps, I have zero recollection of that ever happening. That's absolutely fine. Um, I've got lots of I've got lots of things where like where where people have came up to me in, in, in town or something when I was in Aberdeen or in Greg's or something and tried to say something about wrestles or wrestling and I've just went get away from me. <laughs> Cause I was because at that time I was really trying to be a heel all the time. <laughs> so I was just like I would just be an asshole to people. Can I get a phone? Or like, or like uh, could you sign this for me? I like, could, yeah. And then just walk away. <laughs> uh, or, or like, a kid will come up. A kid. I used to work in McCall's, like the kilt shop in, in Aberdeen. And a couple of times I've had people come in with their kids to get like, kilts or whatever or measured up for weddings and that and like the kid would ask if you know if I could sign a bit of paper for them because we had like wee bits of like just like McCall's like head headed paper for writing notes down or whatever can you sign this for me and I would just write no on it and hand it back to them <laughs> uh, so I've done that a few times and I've had a couple of kids come in and then refuse to get measured by me for a kilt which I think my manager was starting to get annoyed about because it looks like I'm trying to get out of it by someone comes in and then I go, uh, such and such, can you come measure this this kid, please? It's like, why are you not doing it? He won't let me measure him because he's been at WrestleZone and I've, I've beat up like an iron side. So, <laughs> so that was, yeah. You went, you went through your MGF phase. I mean, I'm assuming now if anyone comes up to you, A, don't because there's still a pandemic going. But uh, you're you're kind of you're quite happy if nobody approaches you outside of wrestling in general to speak wrestling. Is that? Yeah, I mean, if I'm if it's a show date and I'm either it's after the show and I'm just like leaving or whatever, or if I'm or it's before the show and I'm on my way to the show or I'm you know I'm I'm at the shop while the show's getting ready to start or whatever. Fine, chat away at me. We're at like that environment but if I'm just like if I'm just in town and you just come up to me and just start talking to me like you know me especially if I've got headphones in I'm just I'm probably just going to be like give you like a stupid one word answer and then just walk away so so pretty much I was watching you got a 10 minute window either side of a show that's pretty much it yeah I mean like if 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 you're queuing up for a show and you see me going out because I'm wandering down to the shop to get a drink over the show or something. Fine, ask to speak to me or whatever. Or if it's like Discovery or something, and I'm at the merch table and we're we're just talking. You don't have to buy anything. I don't care if you buy anything off the thing. If you want to just chat or have a photo, fine. But out with the show. Yeah, I can't, I'm not very sociable. Like in general, I've got like 300 plus unread texts right now, and I just. <laughs> Something's probably happening, but I don't, I don't know what's happening. That's, that's why I was glad you replied to my message, because I thought, I, I think, did I message you? or I probably did, actually, because I'm, I'm messaging everyone. Well, not everyone. I'm picking and choosing. I don't want just anyone I, on this podcast. Yeah. But 
I'm very glad that he uh, re responded because, like I said, I'm, put I'm it fairly up. certain. I'm fairly certain you've messaged me before, and I've just not replied because I couldn't be arsed. Quite not because I couldn't be arsed doing an interview or anything. I just couldn't be arsed replying. That's that's fine. I don't take uh, if I message. I've got like a bunch of unread messages I've sent to wrestlers. They haven't got back to me. I just don't take it. There's no point taking it personally unless they reply back going no because I hate you. Then I'll take it personally. Yeah. But other than that. Well, I just, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think a lot of people would, would say the same. would be like, I'll either, <laughs> I've had, uh, you know, Grum. Yeah. Grum always gets on to me because I'll message him something and he'll reply and then I just won't reply again. <laughs> he'll be like, I'll ask, I'll say something to him and then he'll reply with like a question about what I've just said and I just won't reply He's like, you start conversations and then they just never go anywhere. Oh, well, sorry. I've sent you the, the statement that I'm, I'm willing to send. Reply to that statement. Don't don't ask for follow-ups or anything. I'm not. I, I've really liked the function on Twitter. I think I did it for you, actually. If I don't know where to, to continue the conversation, I'll just do the wee emoji click thing with a thumbs up or a fire or a love heart or something. I'm like, I, hate, I hate the thumbs up. Well, I'm just like, I've read it. I've acknowledged it. I've nothing yeah. more to add to it. So I just I I, I I I'm one of those people that hate the thumbs up because it's like you say something and someone gives you a thumbs up back and it's like you you rude little. <laughs> so, oh yeah, I'll do that. It's like, it's like I've done that. Like because I find that because I get annoyed by it sometimes. If I'm being a heel at a show, I'll sometimes do that to people in person. Like a kid or someone will come up to me and be like, hey, uh, uh, whatever, whatever they ask. If they ask for a signature or a photo or whatever, and I'll just go, just walk away. <laughs> it's like, I know that annoys me on Messenger, so it must look, it must look proper, like, arrogant to do it in real life. Uh, so swing it back, you mentioned E-Fed earlier. What was your E-Fed name? Uh, Mark Faith. Oh, Mine was, mine was the bean. I didn't understand that that was a connotation for anything else at the time. I was young and innocent. Oh. Uh, but yeah, the bean was my name. No, it's mine just... was, mine was, but it was because that was my, that was the character I made on all the WWE games from like Warzone going forward. <laughs> uh, um, and I remember, you know, like folk would have their wee signature image or whatever, and they would have like a picture of a wrestler, and that was like what their wrestler looked like. Mine was just Chris Jericho, but he was called Mark Faith. <laughs> um, I, 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 was just a weird world. I got so annoyed with it because hey, I was, I was too grown up to be doing it. But uh, it, it was, I kept getting drawn against these guys, pretended to be LAX, and I'm like, no, I don't like this because you haven't taken the time to think of a character. Yeah. I, I, I hated I hated the ones that was like people were being real people. Mm. I only ever joined ones where it was just unique characters. Yeah, so that, that was people for, for me. That was even oh, no, I, mine was on like like pro boards, like actual like forums. Uh, no, I was too scared to go in there because folk actually where it was like <laughs> yeah, where it was like you'd have a card and you'd you'd do each person would like type out a promo or like a or a, like a vignette or something, you would type it out and you'd post it in like the promo board and then like whoever, whichever one got voted like the best one, you would win on the show. 
That's actually sounds like a fair e-fed. Most of it was just you, you would you would win on the show, but then the guy who ran this one was mental because it wouldn't be like this guy won, this guy won. He would write the show beginning to end, move for move, each match. He'd write the commentary in between each spot. He'd put in segments and stuff. There was angles. It was like Universal Wrestling League. I was the Universal Wrestling League Heritage Champion. I'll have you know. Uh, no, I, I got to the Hellacious Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Champion oh. and then kept getting jobbed by by people pretending to be actual wrestlers and quit uh, just because I was like, no, this isn't this isn't fair. As a 14 yeah. year old, this isn't fair. It's not real. It's e-fedding. <laughs> yeah. yeah. To my ball, went home. I'll ask Steve Austin. Yeah, I was. That was going to be my name, Mark Faith. I wanted that to be my ring name in wrestling as well. But then, because I was doing the hippie gimmick, I, I went and looked up like first names that people gave their like first names of like kids whose parents were hippies in the sixties, and they named them like after plants and flowers and all this stuff. So. And I went and found a list of them, and I, it was like male names, female names, androgynous names, and I was like androgynous. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, I've thought about just just changing my name to just Aspen now, because sometimes faith has got like religious connotations, and mm. people have mentioned that before. I'm, I'm not like that, so I don't know. I might just be lost by Aspen from now on. We'll see. I mean, it, it kind of fit with the lost boy thing. You don't have a a surname, you don't have a like a house name, you're just yeah. Aspen. Um, well, like, yeah, like Peter Pan is my favorite Disney film ever, and I, I love Hook. Hook's my favorite movie. Um, and I, I just really like the Lost Boys and how they've got like silly wee names like Tootles and stuff. And I would be Aspen, and then you've got that wee fat boy that rolls himself up into like a cannonball and goes down the what a guy. No, yeah, it, it, it's amazing. Um, thanks to Disney Plus, I'm able to kind of revisit these kind of things. Mainly, I, I got it for the MCU stuff, but, you know, the classics. Can't get into that. No, they want for like superheroes. Uh, not, just not Marvel so much. Yeah. Um, I, I, I like DC. I like Batman and that sort of stuff, but Marvel, no. Unless it's like X Men, but only like the cartoon from the nineties. You know what I mean? Oh, they had the best X Men. Yes, I went and watched that all that whole that whole uh, series on Disney Plus. But I just I don't know. I just can't get into the Marvel movies. It's not for me. I think it's. I think I just like DC because it's a bit more dark and. That's that's pretty much why I like MCU because I I find it like lighter and yeah. quippier and so but, yeah. That, in general, like superhero stuff's not really my, my thing. I really like Star Wars and I like uh, like sci-fi and like futuristic stuff in space and all that. So that's more what I'm into. That and then like post-apocalyptic stuff like Fallout and Mad Max and that's my thing. Post-apocalyptic or like futuristic in space. Uh, so during this lockdown time, of course, yeah, nothing's happened. Um, but you've you kept yourself busy with doing your graphic design stuff and, and either for your own entertainment or for others. Um, is that pretty much how you've been keeping yourself busy or has there been anything 
uh, like um, training wise that you've been trying to keep up with or what's been your last 18 well, months? I mean, like, most of my time has been spent in this room. <laughs> so, and yeah, like, the first lockdown, like the first proper lockdown, I lost a, a load of weight to insanity and then I put it all back on. And then I was going to the gym when they opened again and I put on a decent amount of size and I was looking better. And then we went in a full lockdown again and there was no gym. So I put on loads more weight again. Now I'm just back at the gym again and then we're doing like no contact sort of stuff at training. So it's getting cardio and stuff in, but really like other than that, like the last year I've just been sitting in this room like playing Fortnite. Is that? I couldn't get into Fortnite. I tried. I just just couldn't. You need to try again. You need to get you need to get you need to get Fortnite and you need to get into a squad with me, Bradley Evans and Crusher Crabe and then we'll you can carry me. Yeah. It's, all, it's all too fast for me. It's just like, oh no, stuff's happening. I'm dead. <laughs> That's about it. And then kids are playing it and like just rattling through it. How 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 have you got the brain power yeah. for all this? I don't I don't understand. Like, yeah, the kids are like doing all these like builds and stuff, and, all, and I'm like, no, I'm gonna play this game as if it's like COD. <laughs> I'm just gonna stay on the ground with a gun, and you know pick off people from afar. We do all right. I'll, I'll, I'll try and re I'll re-download it and, and uh, have an hour go myself before I, I brave going into a squad of any kind. Uh, looking into the future then, we you spoke about, uh, of course, you're, you're looking back your old footage and trying to kind of amalgamate something for, for a singles run again. Um, but have you got any like goals to hit, any companies you want to either get back to or, or debut in? What's your kind of goals? Um, I don't really know. Like, I want to do more. I don't want to do more. Like, more of the hardcore deathmatchy stuff down in TNT. That's where. That's what I want to kind of do there. Um, Discovery. I kind of just want to. I don't. I, I kind of just want to wrestle and just be me singles and just see what I can do and like just build myself up there like I did before when I was doing singles but other than that like I don't know what's going on with ICW like I don't know obviously I was in a team there and that's not really a thing anymore uh, so I don't know what's going on there hopefully back up at WrestleZone I was meant to be back up there before lockdown um, other than that like I just kind of I just kind of want to wrestle and then <laughs> And then hopefully it takes me wherever. I'm not. I'm not like saying in two years I want to be here, or you know. I just kind of want to see what happens. Like, I mean, at this stage, like, I would happily work for WWE just doing their graphics. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but yeah. I right now I'm just kind of focusing on getting myself in better shape again, and then hopefully do some single stuff that you know helps get me to whatever the next level is I don't even know you know what I mean um whether it's like 
you know, NXT UK or whether it's doing, I don't know, AW Dark or something, I don't know. But just, I'm not, I'm not really focusing on like trying to get signed somewhere or anything like that. I just want to wrestle again and then see what happens because the best things seem to always be when I'm just having fun just being me doing stuff. It, it works out, you know what I mean? I mean, I suppose with your, your ICW stuff, the way the last time you were there, the way it ended, it kind of, it can't be a natural conclusion. So thankfully it was it was like stuff yeah. happened, shenanigans happened and you end up walking away from the team. And that, that's fine. That, thankfully that's kind of like a bullet point end, uh, yeah. a period point end. Um, and, and of course you do, well, I don't know if you'll be able to do much because of, of where you're based right now, but um, you're a part of Reckless Intent training team for yeah. uh, was it East Lothian, West Lothian? I don't know why. why uh, Lothian, Acad- Lothian Academy of Pro Wrestling. So how did you evolve that? And I think it's just yourself and Divers, is that? Yeah. Um, me and Divers have been mates for ages, just from like he's worked up at WrestleZone and then um, W3L we did like the tours up north and me and him wrestled each other like four times in two days or something. <laughs> uh, and then obviously we had the wee few nice W and stuff, but we've always got on. Um, and then he obviously started taking training there. I started getting booked there again, just as like singles guy doing some stuff. And then he needed someone else to help, come help with training. So he was just like, do you want to do it? Which it, at first I was like, I mean, I could, but you're in like, you're an hour away from me or whatever. Um, but there's like Crum and Stephen Miles and, you know, they, they live in Perth, which is like 10 minutes from me. So it's easy enough to get there to just hop in their car on the way. So yeah, divers divers takes divers takes some classes. I take some classes, and it's it's worked out well enough. Um, yeah, uh, obviously I'll be doing some of their their shows when they're back as well. But for now, for now it's just training, helping people get back into ring shape and get back to where they were before lockdown. And then when I've got free time, I'll try to do the same for myself. Um, I think that's a nice kind of wee conclusion to I'm sure there could have been many other things we'll, we could have spoke about and we might do after uh, I stop recording. Uh, but where can people find you on social media? Uh, I am the Aspen Faith everywhere. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, uh, everywhere. It's just the same handle. Easy. To remember, well, great. Well, thank you very much for joining me today. Uh, I, 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 could, I could probably speak to you for a lot longer, but um, as we've already established, I think it's like 20 minutes until until voting starts in Eurovision. So I need to oh, get on that. Yeah, that's that's, that's my priority, even though I've done this is like 71 episodes of the podcast and then go see Eurovision. Um, and it's not going to come out for like another month, so this is going to be totally aged badly. Oh, but uh, but yeah, thank you for joining me. I'm, Thanks for taking the time to speak to me for oh, over two hours. That's fine. Is that how long it's been? I don't know what time it is because you're on my phone. Uh, I think two two hours twenty. I think we might be like maybe f- 
I know, five short of the longest episode, which oh, yeah. is which is Scotty's. So, uh, but that was the second one. So I had more, I had, I had more notes at that point. Um, all right, before we go, just maybe we could bulk out that five minutes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> James Midas, do you want him back? I would have him back if he wants to come back. I've offered him to be my manager multiple times. I tried to get him to be the Kings of Catch manager, you know, but I don't think he. I don't think he wants to wrestle anymore. So leave leave the good times in the past. And uh, any any stories that you thought you might have brought up during this this show that any any stories that you think the people need to know, uh, whether a travelling one, a wrestling one, a Johnny Lyon story, anything like that. Um. Uh, I mean, I've, do you know about the Johnny Lyon story where he almost tried to fight me at a petrol station? No. Fantastic. <laughs> I believe it was me, Jason Reed, him, and Andy Wilde, and maybe Sammy possibly in a car on the way back from a show. We stopped at a petrol station. We went in to get some food. I've never been in this petrol station before. I don't know what they do. They've got a meal deal. Fine. Again, I've never been here before. I do not know. Johnny Lyons asks me, are those crisps in a meal deal? And I go, probably. Because again, I don't know. He goes up to the counter. She tells him they're not in the meal deal. And he thinks I'm taking the piss. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Next thing I know, we're outside and he's shouting at me about this meal deal. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. And I was told, do not talk to me in this car journey for the rest of the car. So, um, yeah, I just sat in silence the rest of the car journey home. That was good. He, la he later was like, yeah, I probably overreacted. But <laughs> it was like, I never said, yes, it was in the meal deal. I just went, probably. I don't know. And you took my word for it. Well, that's, yeah, that's that. I don't think, I think that's the... Meal deals in the cinema is the two things that you don't mess with Johnny Lyons. And... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't quite hit the five, I'm sure it'll be, I'm sure it'll be one of the longest episodes anyway. But yeah, again, thank, thank you. But stop him. Stop recording now, and then we could probably speak about stuff that can't go into the recording. Uh, but yeah, cool. Thanks for joining me. No worries.